The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Into the hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. Our projections are now live and ready for you to peruse, courtesy of Crosby Spencer. Log into rotofanatic.com right now and click the projections link at the top of the page. You will not regret it. It's episode 77, the Joe Jimenez edition. Today, we shine a light on an underrated analyst who deserves his due. He's Canadian, but we won't hold that against him. The one and only Frank Amarante. Everybody give it up for Frank. Frank joins your host, Christopher Deary and Michael Govier to talk about spring training revelations and some Lord of the Rings chatter. We're going to mix in some Rand Slam and TGFBI draft chatter as well. So hold on to your butts for the latest Palazzo podcast coming at you right now. Take it away, boys! Greetings and salutations. It's a hey! Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Road Fanatic Podcast Network. Go to roadofanatic.com right now. Stop the show. Let's all go to roadofanatic.com right now. Check out the latest rankings, uh, projections. We now have projections. Crosby Spencer made it happen. Very exciting. So please, thank you and gracias. We have a guest today that we will get to momentarily. Uh, Deary and I are here. Deary's back on the scene. No more uh, medical issues, hopefully. Deary, you feeling good? No more vaccinations. I got both out of the way. Feeling really good today. Just made it back home on time for tonight's pod, and I'm, I'm excited to uh, get going. Oh, now you can live your life fully to the maximum and live freely you can go anywhere you want now you don't have to worry about anything that must well, be a nice relief they, they, they still encourage you to wear a mask apparently i can still carry it i don't know i'm not a doctor no you you can it's true i was trying to be friendly about it but you're right you can still carry it and hurt people in a negative way but that's not what this show's about it's the hey it's rico palazzo fantasy baseball podcast uh my name is michael govier i am the host along with christopher deary you can find me at mj govier g-o V is in Victor, I-E-R on Twitter. C. Deary 1999 is Deary's handle. 
And of course, the Plaza Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Plaza Podcast on Twitter. Utah, give me two. Two else, two Zs. Today's guest is a human being. That's right. He is known for many, many wonderful pieces of fantasy information. He shares it freely. He's very friendly. He's a Canadian. Or at least he lives in Canada. We'll find out if he's Canadian. I'm sure he'll tell us momentarily. But he also works at Rotoballer, and he is down with the fantasy funkadelic nature, man. I I love this guy. He's really friendly and open to just about anything. I I don't see him saying no to most things. Let's give it up for Frank Amorati. What's up, Frank? What's going on? Pleasure to be on the show. I've been a longtime admirer. Your energy is infectious, and uh, I'm just honored to be here, and I'm pumped. Well, we're pumped to have you, Frank. This is long overdue. We were going to do the show last week, but we got a little bit delayed. Sometimes life builds up. It's okay to pause, slow down, reformulate, and find a better day to do things, and today is that better day. So we're really glad that Frank's with us. We're going to be talking about all kinds of fantasy baseball information today spring training is in full effect there's so much going on with spring training i'm really excited to talk about that uh we got Raz slam and tgfbi two big time analyst leagues that are in full effect and we can give you guys some fantasy data and share our draft opinions and hopefully they'll be useful to you so we'll talk about spring training we'll talk about you know players that have risen adp recently back then we didn't want them but now we want them even a month ago, things change. Keeper conundrums, insane fantasy takes, of course, shine or ride the pine. It's a full show, your classic standard issue Palazzo podcast. But first, Frank, how you feeling? Uh, do you think you're going to make it through today's show? I think I could make it. I'm feeling a bit nervous. You know, I'm a rookie uh, on these video streams. This is my very first, and I'm honored to be on such a good show, on a big show, you know, as my first one. But I think I can. I think I could manage. I, a I'm big pumped. show. That's funny. Yeah. Well, here's I consider it that. Stream. No, I consider it. I love what you guys are doing. I, I look at you guys as a, as a rising juggernaut. So great spot <laughs> to uh, to make my debut. You know. Wow. Yeah, we better just stop the show here. There's no way we're gonna top that type of hype. That was impressive. Thanks, Frank. Uh, uh, the reason we do the show is because of what we're doing here. We want to get to know you, see what you are all about. Also get your fantasy takes, but maybe learn something beyond the fantasy. And that's why we do Enrico's Inquisition, because it takes us beyond the game. And I like taking a break here and there, because there's so much to talk about, though. We will stay focused on fantasy baseball all night long. Deary, uh, we're talking about Rad Slam. We're talking about TGFBI. TGFBI is the Roto League. It's a Roto Fantasy Analyst League. It's two catchers, 15 teams, 29 overall leagues. So how is that going for you right now? Well, we are in the 24th round of the TGFBI. So started last Monday at noon. And it's it's been really interesting. There's guys in my league that are really pissed because some people have been taking a long, long time. I've I've learned to chill out, calm down. It's a slow process where we'll be able to finish before the season. I've enjoyed the slow draft, but I'll be honest. When I got to like round twelve through sixteen, I really just kind of lost my cool. I took five pitchers in a row after that because I really hadn't gone any pitchers since round oh. six. I went five pitchers in a row. I mean, a couple starters there. Try to get a some back end of the bullpen going. Um, And to be honest with you, when we got to like rounds 21 and 22, I was actually getting pissed because I was getting sniped on guys that I was really looking to grab. Uh, But it's been a lot of fun. I got some really uh, friendly guys in my league. We've been chatting back and forth. So 
really, really excited to finish this draft up and then kind of see what my team looks like. Frank, how's your TGFBI team doing? Uh, as always, the way I am with drafts is I'm always feeling good about my drafts. I have full confidence in, in my abilities. But to, to be honest, uh, throughout leading up to draft season, I've been always against the pocket aces approach. But sure enough, you know, you hear you got to also take into account what others are saying. There's a lot of expert opinions. You got to say, hey, they they really think that it's a good strategy. So the way the board fell for me, I ended up going pocket aces with uh, Gary Cole and uh, Max Scherzer. I really think Scherzer is going to bounce back. I think it was just we could give him a mulligan from last year. And uh, after that, uh, the way the board fell, I, I was still able to. I uh, get a few hitters I really like, like Corey Seager in the third round. I got my boy Vlad Jr. He's in the best shape of his life, but this is actually yeah. a legit version of best shape of his life. He's That's shed right. 40 pounds. No bullshit. Uh, so despite taking the two pitchers early on, I was just thrilled with who I was able to get as my offense. So I'm I'm liking the way it's going so far. We're in the 27th round. It's it's slowed down to a snail's pace. Uh, we barely, we haven't gotten through a, a round today, which I know it's a slow draft and you like it, but at the same time, sometimes like, come on, you're not going to take four hours on these pick three and a half hours. So when a couple guys in a row do that, it could be a little bit annoying. Oh man. Sorry to hear that. Sometimes it just feels like forever, forever, people just keep taking up all the time. And people get bummed out. They get depressed. I understand that because they just want to draft. Everybody wants to draft. People got draft fever. It's tearing people apart. And I respect that. I do. But, you know, if you're on a different schedule than somebody else, you might not realize that. And we got to understand that not everybody's living the same lifestyle that everybody else is. But at the same time, you want to respect people and make sure you're not slowing down the draft to an incredible halt. But in the end, the draft's going to get done either way. And news today, like Jonathan Hernandez with his UCL sprain, bad news, Texas Rangers reliever. A lot of people were targeting him as a closer. It looks like the party's going to be over because when you have a UCL strain, odds are Tommy John is in your near future. So I had him in my queue of my TGFBI, which is also in round 27 right now, guys. So I can relate to that. See, dear, you're not that far behind. 24, 27. He's Frank's 27. You're right there in the ballpark. Yeah, it's, it's kind of what I figured. It's been funny. There's actually been a lot of apologizing going on back and forth between a lot of guys in the DM. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I didn't mean to, but like, hey, <laughs> hey, like, I mean, you talked about Jonathan Hernandez and in the, in the injury earlier. Maybe I, I want these drafts to go even slower because, I mean, with injuries in spring training and you're drafting right now, I mean, there's going to be plenty of more uh, hiccups along the way that could change your change your draft strategy. So let's uh, let's keep it at a snail's pace right now. That's Good true. Point. You got to be careful. And uh, I'm sorry, Jonathan Hernandez, about your injury. I was really excited about you because I missed out on Jose Leclerc early on in the draft. And I'm actually on the clock right now at pick 405 and 406. And uh, I want to share my screen, but I don't know if I'll get in trouble. Apparently, you're not allowed to do that. If uh, Oh, really? I didn't know that. Well, I don't know. People are like, hey, you can't share people's information. But there's oh. nothing that there's nothing will be revealed on my screen. It's all my screen, so... I don't think it's a big deal. So I'm going to do it. So here we go. I'm going to go live. Let's go live to my draft board. Go ahead. We're in the 27th round. I mean, not too many people's strategy is going to change by saying, <laughs> you know, yeah, what's going on all with the nonsense. It's good. Let's, let's see it. Here it is. Uncensored. 
So here's the top of the board right now. Stefan Crichton still available at pick hey, 405. I just took him in the 25th round. You did. Why did you do that? Uh, I'm looking just for back-end guys who could possibly scoop up some saves late. Uh, I think he has a chance to, to be in the running out there. I mean, we're looking at probably 12 to 15 bullpens where we're going to see a committee or three or four different guys that end up closing, and I think Arizona is one of those teams. Oh, okay. Uh, well, on the right-hand side, you can see my team uh, for the most part. Those of you that are listening to the podcast, I'm sorry. This is not as useful for you. You can fast-forward. But we are talking draft, and I'm in the 26th, 7th, and 28th round. I've obviously got all my pitchers lined up. All the hitters are accounted for. All positions that are starters are accounted for. We're working on reserves. My first three reserves are David Dahl, Tyler O'Neill, and Yimi, Yimi Garcia, who uh, I hope will end up closing for the Marlins. And shout-out to Chris from Baseball Pods. Uh, he's the one who's been pushing Yimi so much. I trust Chris. I believe in Chris. So I went with Yimi, and I actually chose him over Jonathan Hernandez this morning. So I'm, it could have happened. I would have wasted a draft pick because the news came out like right after that. So huge. So what do we? So Stefan Crichton, Deary drafted. Uh, what about you, Stefan Crichton? Yes or no, Frank? Uh, I would say I'm I'm not totally out on him just because I know Soria is projected to be the closer, but he's not the most trustworthy. Of uh, closers. So if you're doing a save spec and just trying to take a shot, roll a dice on someone, why not? It's it's not like he's behind uh, the most secure closer. So not a bad choice. I see. Is that Jordan? It's a little blurry on my screen. Is that Jordan Romano? Yeah, Jordan Romano, number two. I'd probably prefer him over uh, Crichton just because he's got great stuff. He's And, you know, Kirby Yates coming back from the injury. I would prefer Romano over Crichton in there. But, hey, we're competing in this league, so I don't know how much uh, I'm going <laughs> to guide you in the right direction here. No, I'm just kidding. No, I've seen Stefan Crichton's been available for a while now, and I'm just curious because most people don't seem to be interested in him, and he keeps falling and falling. But I don't trust that Soria can keep – his velocity is uh-huh. dipping every year, and I'm not buying him as the closer in 2021. So, well, you got what you got uh, J.P. Crawford uh, starred there in the queue. What do you think about J.P. Crawford here at this spot? Well, his ADP is 379. We're in the 400s, so that's a nice little value. If he's hitting leadoff, and he has been hitting leadoff, then I feel like we're all missing the boat here. In fact, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull the trigger on it right now. There it is. J.P. Crawford was just drafted live because he's leading off for the Seattle Mariners, and the Mariners love to run. I'm going to save my second pick for after the show. Wanted to have some fun. I did a live pick. I'll save my second one for when we finish, so I can. Focus. Well, that was that was pretty easy. I'm like, what about J.P. Crawford? You're like, yes, book it. I am going J.P. Crawford. <laughs> well, I had him starred for the last uh, go around, so the fact that he was still here now, I'm, I have to take him because I was already I, planning to go with him on the last turn. Oh, we've I talked think- we've talked about him leading off, and I think it's a much improved Mariners offense and. I don't know who's going to take that spot over for him. Sure, he may not have a great batting average, but I gave up an insane fantasy take three, four pods ago. I said he might score 100 runs. Exactly. Yeah. What about you, Go ahead, Frank? Frank? Yeah, I think uh, Deary's uh, comment just kind of uh, got that light bulb going. You had, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, I was, I was really in on Crawford, and uh, I'm going to do it right now. And, yeah, I, I, anytime you can get someone hitting in the leadoff spot at this stage in the draft, it's always – I could always get behind a pick like that. Yeah. All right. Woohoo! 
So I feel good about taking a leadoff hitter in the 400s. I hope that comes back to me in a positive way. This is the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're talking TGFBI. The Razzlam is also going on. Oh, real quick. Razzlam is a best ball. It's, not, it's kind of like a kind of best ball, but there's two fabs. So it's not best ball technically, but it's points with a cut line where you have a consolation bracket and a winner's bracket, but you can still get to the finals through that consolation bracket. It's very fascinating. I'm a big fan of it. I finished third in my Razzlam. Razzlam. Hey, I'm Razzlam. Razzlam League last year. So I was very pleased with my finish. I love the Razzlam. I love the point style. I'm getting more and more into points. Didn't play a lot of points growing up as a kid, but now I'm big into it. Frank, how's Razzlam going for you? Well, this is my first year in Razzlam, and uh, uh, it's going well. I, I started with, again, well, I started with, uh, I had Jose Ramirez fall to me. I was picking the 12th pick. I got Bieber and Ramirez, so I was pretty happy about that. Yeah, then it's a 12-team league, by the way. For those of you that don't know, it's 12 teams. I want to make that clear. And uh, I was able to get some nice bats later on. I got J.D. Uh, Martinez. I got Randy Rosarena, who I just want to touch on. I know on Twitter I've been really saying, you know, because of the small sample with Randy Rosarena's uh, year last year, hey, I don't know. we got to proceed with caution on this guy. But I'm seeing some respected guys in the high stakes leagues like Matt Modica and, and uh, the, um, Mike the Mouth there uh, really hyping him up. And it's really, it's really, it really speaks to how you should, even though trust in your own thoughts, like when you're seeing all these respected guys in the industry, respected people in the industry really hyping up these players, you know what? Maybe I should get a share of, of him. So, Despite my saying to fade him this year, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna get a couple shares just to, just to uh, leverage there. Hell yes, that's smart, Frank. You're not being boxed in by your own opinions. Yeah. You got to listen to people who know what they're talking about. I respect the hell out of that move. I myself took my first share of Randy Rosarina in my Raz Slam league, so I. I love Deary knows how I feel about him. He's really talented. <laughs> I love him, but the price is through the roof, so I didn't. Where'd, pay where'd you get him at, Mike? I, I still got him in the 50s. I think he was my f- okay, that's fifth fine. player. I'm, a, I'm the number one overall pick. So I started with Trout, by the way, which was just fine. You know, this is there's so there's at bats give you minus one point. So walks are good because you want walks. Anything that's not an at bat is a positive for you. So the guys like Juan Soto or Trout that get the ton of walks are the guys that you want to have in a league like this. What about you, Deary? How's your rat slam going? Wild. I have not played in a points league probably since high school. So this was a totally different format. I mean, you're getting six points for home runs, five points for steals. You alluded to the at-bats being a negative one. No, pitching, you're going to get six points for a win, eight points for saves. So I I did a lot of reading on it and kind of like what the best strategies are. Uh, You know, obviously your five-cat guys are always going to be huge. But in this league, I mean – it was proven after the first two rounds that a lot of teams were going to go hitters, 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 heavy on hitters. So Garrett Cole actually went number one overall in my league. And it was, it was followed by Soto, Betts, Tatis, Acuna. I had number seven. I took Trey Turner. I'm happy to get Trey Turner there. He's going to bet second in that lineup. Yeah. Good for 30 stolen bases, 100 runs. I love guys that are going to get as many opportunities. So guys are going to bet near the top of the lineup. 
you know, on, on the back turnaround, got Manny Machado. I have no shares of Manny Machado yet, but he's going to bat into a stacked lineup. 35 home runs, 100 runs, 100 RBIs are all doable. After that, it got really, really interesting. Uh, there was only two pitchers taken in the first round, and there was six taken in the second round. Came back around to me on the third round, and I took Clayton Kershaw, actually, in my third as my third pick. Uh, I have a feeling if he can pitch 180 innings, he can win 12 to 15 games. So in terms of my pitching, I went with guys that are on good teams that are going to be able to be guys who get a lot of innings and are going to be able to get wins, and also guys that don't walk too many. But what I noticed in this race slam, I took guys I have not taken in any of my drafts. I took Whit Merrifield. I took Starling Marte. I took Teoscar Hernandez. You know, all guys are going to be able to give you some power with some stolen bases and have good average. I've been really, really paying attention to guys that are going to bat near the top of the lineup and have some good averages. Uh, but it's really interesting just seeing how everyone's constructing their team. I mean, some teams only have one pitcher right now. One guy has five pitchers already. So it's it's really interesting. I'm going more hitter heavy. I do have three pitchers right now. Haven't really been sniped on too many guys, but I'm going after guys I haven't gone after yet, which is really, really interesting. But I'm, I'm excited about the format of this league because I haven't played the points league in years. What are you doing? You're taking too many pictures, man. It's out of control. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a bit excessive there. Five pictures already. He's probably done, what, six picks? No, 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 okay. I was wrong. Four pitchers through eight rounds. Bauer, Scherzer, Carrasco, and Strasburg. We also we also have another guy who took let me count him up here. Oh, it's the same guy. He has four Dodgers in nine picks. Wow. Mookie Betts, Trevor Bauer, Max Muncie, and who's the other one here? And Corey Seager. Well, that's one of the philosophies. Load up on a team, you know, like the football style, right, Frank? Load up on a bunch of Kansas City Chiefs for your offense. Yeah, stack those Chiefs, stack those Dodgers. Hey, maybe. I love it. I I'm I don't have a problem with that, except if cool. it's a, a head-to-head league. That's the only time I have a problem with it. But overall, like Roto League, I'm totally down with stacking. That's That I'm fine with. But head-to-head, you could get caught up on some schedule issues that could screw you big time. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All right, cool. That was fun. So, yeah, that's what's going on with our TGFBIs and our Raz Slam. Raz Slam is loaded. Deary's in the League of Death in his Raz Slam, by the way. He's got, like, some <laughs> of the Apparently defending, the defending champ is in my league. Yeah. The uh, overall number one defending champion. Our yes. old buddy uh, Russell uh, and Steve Paula was like, dude, you're in a league with murderers. And I said, I back down, I back down to no one. I don't know these guys. We all have the same opportunity to grab the same amount of players. So exactly. I'm going to bet high on myself here. I love, love it. it. Yeah, me and Frank are with you, dear. We like that. Yeah, never yeah. back down. You got full confidence in your in your drafting skills. Perfect. And for the record, uh, I got Randy Rosarina in round five. So that's it. Wasn't like I reached for him or anything. It was just a perfect time to take him based on ADP overall. So that's how it goes. I'm a Randy <laughs> Rosarina owner. I listen to my guy Dave McDonald. Yeah. I love Dave. He's a genius. He's very wise. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trusting him. I'm just gonna trust him. At, I believe that Dave won't let me down. So if this pick goes bad, Dave, I'm going to blame you. I'm off the hook. It's great. It's a win-win for me. All right. Wow. We've got so much action, man. Wow. We just covered like a bunch of ground on that. I'm so excited. There's so much fantasy baseball going on. Uh, Frank, anything you want to share with the audience before we get cooking here? Things they should know about you, places to find you, hear you, talk, listen, read about fantasy baseball? Well, you can find me on Twitter at FAMarante. TFJ. 
And I'll, I'll often tweet out some blurbs of info. I try to pack it into one tweet so it's more digestible. Uh, put in any good stats, any new findings I'm seeing, like maybe in their splits or in improvement in velocity or uh, a new pitch, anything I could share. And I try to sometimes put in a highlight of it just to make it more engaging with the video. So you can find me doing that on Twitter. I'll also have fantasy baseball work as well as fantasy football on Roto Baller and the game day as well, which is a new website, which I'll, I'll put in some fantasy baseball and fantasy football, but also some gambling takes. So I want to start Ooh. to get into betting on baseball. I used to do it a few years ago and I, I would get pretty hot uh, on a nice hot streak with it, but I want to really uh, get into that and, and post my picks. I, I really enjoy doing that. So you can find my fantasy work there. Uh, and other things about me, I'm, even though I write about football and baseball, I love all the sports. I, I love hockey. I love, I love basketball. I'm a huge Raptors fan. And soccer, I mean, I'm more into it in the, in the big tournaments. I, I don't really follow the domestic leagues too much. But, so I'm a huge sports fan. Uh, I, like, I like watching shows, uh, movies. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings nerd. Uh, oh, play some video games, love some, love me some FIFA 21. And I just love to debate about sports. Uh, I have a bunch of group chats with my friends. We go at it all day on there. So that's part of why I joined Twitter and started doing this. I just love engaging about sports with people who, 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 have, who have a huge interest in it and they know what they're talking about. And I really like to win those debates too. So that's what brought me to Twitter and, and that's what got me into writing, and uh, that's about it. And uh, hyped for the baseball season, of course. Yeah, well, that's what brought you here. And if you want to do well and you want to make a difference, make some real cash, then stick with our guy Frank here because he knows betting. And that's where the big bucks start rolling in. <laughs> It'll be a good time. By the way, uh, dear, did you watch the new Coming to America yet? Yeah, I did. I haven't oh, I watched it yet. It. I got to okay. check it out. Yeah, just yeah, me and. Me and watch Frank it. have to watch it. Watch it. You'll have you have to watch it, but yeah. yeah, we'll talk about it later. Okay, after you watch it, Frank, we got to watch that movie so we can talk about it. Yeah, uh, the, other, right. the other day I was watching the first one with my girlfriend just to watch it again, and then we were going to watch the second right after. But then once the first was done, you know, like you're starting to get older, you're falling asleep in these movies. That was it, crashed. This so, is such a crock of we shit. Have, <laughs> we got to uh, get on that. I, I know about falling asleep at movies. I'm not notorious for it. Yeah, Here's I don't know what it is. Lately, so often with these movies, I'm just falling asleep towards the end of it. But Well, that happens, Frank. We forgive you. Don't worry about it. Life goes on. Maybe Mr. Belvedere will come and wake you up. He'll give you some hot cocoa to get your day started. Or a cup of coffee to pep you up. It's time for some housekeeping. That's right. We want to say thank you. We want to say check this out. First off, the Plaza Invitational is full, dearie. We did it. It's done. Four. We got four? We got four leagues? We got 60 players, 60 teams, four full leagues in the Plaza Invitational. Thank you so much to everybody who was really making it happen. Chalupa Man, shout out to him. We're grinding and you know, getting people to say, hey, we got to get this thing done. We got to get this thing organized. So good job, Chalupa Man. You took us over to the edge, that final push. And Derek from NFBC shut it down at 60. So that's it. We're done. No more teams, but we got 60 players. And now we just got to get that big-ass trophy. That's the next step. So we'll work on that 
long season ahead of us before we need to worry about that. But I know there are a lot of expectations about this trophy. So we're really going to have to come through with this, Mike. So uh, maybe we can uh, bring some people in to help design. I'll do whatever it takes. Uh, You know, somebody showed me the champions trophy from the Korean league, like the sword. Apparently there's a sword. It's like a giant trophy with a sword. So uh, that's a fun idea. I don't know. We're taking ideas. Anybody we welcome your suggestions, but we got a long season to go. First, you got to win your own league of the four, and then you can win the overall. So there's a lot of baseball that needs to be played before anybody's even thinking about winning that trophy in September. But for now, we're grateful that it's full. So thank you, everybody, for contributing and spreading the word and getting that going. I'm really happy about it. Uh, shout out to Mason Dodd from the Fantasy Flock Network on YouTube. Please go check out my videos on the Fantasy Flock Fantasy Baseball channel. Mason Dodd runs it. He does a great job. He's got football, basketball, and baseball. Baseball's newer to him. And he had me on talking about a bunch of different fantasy topics like Darvish versus Nola, a Roto strategy, a lot of different videos. So go check those out on his YouTube. And a shout out to Joe Gentile. He shared a story with me last week. It was like 10 days ago now, and I still owe him a further conversation. Joe, I just want you to know I haven't forgotten about you. I really appreciate it. Everybody should go check out Joe on Twitter. He's got a really powerful tale about his own life and he's very open and honest about his experiences with mental health and addiction related issues so please give joe your time and energy because people who share that and are honest about that is it's kind of what the show's all about you know we talk about fantasy baseball but very very much important to us that we are kind of i don't know we are connected with the greater overall meaning of life and shit like that so thank you joe I appreciate you, and I want you to know that you're being thought of. Right, Derry? We cannot get past the stigma of mental health without talking about mental health. So let's talk. Let's be there. I will be there for you. You will be there for me. We will have each other's back. We will cry on each other's shoulders. We will hug each other. Just keep keep the conversation going. It's the only way we're getting to the next day. Beautiful. That's so nice, Terry. You can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Gentile, J-O-E-G-E-N-T-I-L-E-F-T. Joe Gentile F-T. And then lastly, Steve Paolo, our guy who we use as stomper projections for our shine or ride the pine. He wrote an article on Razzball. You can go check it out. He's writing and Razzball is featuring him. So please check out his latest article. It's about Razzlam and getting the opportunity to be a part of it. So at Steve Paolo on Twitter with Steve P-A-U-L-O. That's it. Okay, there you go. That's the housekeeping. It's done. Don't forget, we're part of the Road Fanatic Podcast Network, so go to roadfanatic.com. Check it out. We got projections. They are up and available. Plus, we got our latest articles, rankings, everything you need. It's all there. The Data Monster is going to be a big part of your 2021 winning experience, hopefully. We're going to have Paul Mamino and Crosby Spencer on the show Thursday talking about the Data Monster and his projections and a bunch of Road Fanatic stuff. So that should be a good-ass time. All right. Enough of all that stuff. Why don't we get into the segment we like to call Leading Off. Okay, in Leading Off, we're talking spring training. That's what I want to focus on. There's been a lot of developments that have me kind of hyped up. But I want to go to Frank first. What's one thing you've taken from spring training? We've had about... 10 days? Yeah, about 10 days of spring training. What's one thing that you've noticed so far that you're like, wow, I'm excited about this player or a lineup situation? Anything. It could be anything. 
One thing before I get into a player that I'm really interested in and what he's showing in spring training, I just want to, I know everyone's done this and we've repeated it, but we got to shout out Mike Curlin for the wonderful job he's doing with the light, lineup takeaway, takeaways. So helpful. To, so helpful to read any developments with lineups, the way teams are slotting their hitters. It's, it's huge. So shout out to Mike. Great stuff. Absolutely. Uh, one thing uh, I really like what I'm seeing is Joey Gallo is just mashing. He's, I know you got to take spring training stats with a grain of salt, but this guy is just hitting home run. It seems like every every day he's homering, and that's a big thing because he that, like he dealt with he dealt with injuries two years ago. He was off to one hell of a start. He was hitting. I know his his BABIP was high, but he was hitting around 280 and slugging. I think over 600. He had a a ton of home runs there, maybe like 15 at the time. And then he dealt with an oblique injury, and it kind of just suppressed his production the rest of the way. And then last year, you know, it's the COVID season. You know, we can't really quantify the effect of it, that it had on changes in routine. Maybe it was hard for him to get going again after that layoff, and then he just had a poor season. And to see him really come out firing out of the gate in spring, it, it's good to see. Um, and I, and I know he's made some adjust. There's were reports that he was making some adjustments at the plate. So obviously when you see that, and then you see the player having a lot of success early on, it's, it's encouraging. Now, of course, you're going to, with Gallo, with the batting average risk, you're going to proceed with caution, but I've always liked him. And I just felt like one of these years he's going to fluke off a 250, 260, and maybe not 260, 250 ish. Wow. And just smack like 45 home runs. So I'm encouraged with what I see with Joey Gallo. Okay, Frank. Hey, people are riding the Gallo hype train. I know some people who are pushing the charge on that one. I'm not one of those people. What about you, Deary? One thing that stood out to you so far, spring training wise? Well, I mean, so what you really want to know is where guys are going to be batting in lineups. Really, that people are just getting consistent at bats. I mean, we have only had a handful of guys who have had 20 at bats but you want to make sure guys are getting two to three at bats and what what are they looking like obviously there's not a ton of scouting on you know some of these pitchers that you're going to see that were just invited to spring training who might not make it to the team there's going to be pitchers going against hitters where there's not a ton of scouting on them so what you want to see is you want to see regular at bats and also how comfortable guys are looking at the plate Joey Gallo looks very comfortable at the plate. Our guy in Detroit, Willie Castro, he's shown a couple, some pop. He's uh -huh. got three home runs already. Um, nice late round pick, but he's also jumping at ADP right now. He's been flying up the boards here in the last week. And look at guys who have been injured or guys who had terrible seasons last year. Matt Olson and Jack Peterson did not have very good seasons last year. Both guys are raking right now. They're being very patient at the plate. Jack Peterson's got three walks already, and neither of them have struck out a ton. So, it's good to see that guys are getting comfortable early on. Check out those lineups that managers are, are, are putting in there. It might give you some type of indication of, of where certain guys may slot in the lineup. Shout out to Curlin, like Frank said, you know, putting those um, you know lineups out every day and kind of giving a take on things, which is great. And the, I think the biggest thing we've seen is that I don't know if there's a dead and ball or not because there have been a lot of home runs so far. We'll see what happens when most teams go yep. north and some teams stay down there, but – we haven't seen too much of an effect yet, which I think is extremely encouraging for those guys who hit a lot of home runs. Yes, sir. That one dead ball is, talk. I don't know about that. 
One thing I want to add, I, I'm not sure if this is true, but I did see on Twitter, I think I saw SP streamer there, Mike Simeone, say that they aren't using the dead ball yet in spring training, but I'm not entirely sure about that. Nobody like, knows, you, and we're not going to know. They're not going to know. Yeah, it's so. obvious. It's obvious. They're not. They're not. It's just not. The ball's flying out of the park everywhere. Everyone's cranking bombs. There's been a lot of offense. So it doesn't look any less so far. Based on the data over the 10 days we've had here, if you looked at what we have, Ball, ball flight traveling data. Nothing's changed. Yeah. Well, Mike, you you Mike, you even talked about like maybe this ball gets switched out in the middle of the season and no one even knows it happens. Like, yeah. Can you yeah. can you even can you even trust Major League Baseball to tell you the truth? Come on. No, we can't. True. We talked about that before. Very true. So who the hell knows, man? I, it's a mystery. It's a damn mystery. The only thing I know is that people are making things happen and it's making exciting. Spring training fever is all through me. I feel it in my bones. So let's get our first catch of the day. Our first catch of the day. There's a lot of people to choose from over the last few days. People have been crushing the ball. But our first catch of the day has to go to Bobby Witt Jr. He's been on a tear. He's been hitting bombs. He had a 484-foot home run the other day. And he is really, really pushing Alberto Mondesi, Witt Merrifield, all of the middle into Everybody in the middle infield is on watch right now. With their third base job, we're supposed to go to Hunter Dozier. I was kind of banking on that, and now I'm a little worried. I'm genuinely concerned because Bobby Wood Jr. is crushing the ball. Frank, are you excited, or is Bobby Wood Jr. just spring training hype? Well, it's always great when you see a top prospect just mashing in spring training. But, I mean, for this season, it, I don't think that he'll make too much of an impact. I think they're, they'll, they'll take a conservative approach with Witt. And maybe if he's just scorching hot in the minors that's, or in the alternates, well, I guess he's going to be at the alternate site to start right. off. It's complicated. So it is complicated. So because of these complications, to be honest, I can't see more than a September call-up. But, hey, I'd love to see him up with the big in the big leagues. I want to see all these young studs come up early. This whole idea of keeping them down and being conservative – it's obviously smart financially and in the long run, but just from a baseball perspective, it'd be great to see. It'd be refreshing to see teams really just bring these young young guns up. And hey, the Royals have improved this year. You never know. They could be a surprising team. They have an underrated lineup. They added Mike, Mike Miner, who I like as a late round SP target. He's an innings eater and his velocity's up. He's one year removed from a solid season in Texas. So I think if they were to bring him up, hey, you never know. So I hope that you're right, that your cautions, I mean, your concerns over him taking playing time from Hunter Dozier are warranted. But I mean, I don't, I'm going to go with the, the, the side that they're going to be conservative with him. Yeah, I, I mean, he was not able to play in any games last year. Obviously, you know, they had the simulated stuff that they were doing at their sites. But I mean, all he's done so far is play rookie ball. And he looked pretty good at rookie ball, you know, standard, you know, pretty good performance when you first come up. I mean, he's only 20 years old. I don't think there's really any rush right now. I do think if the Royals end up being competitive and maybe they're fighting for a wild card and they get hit by injuries, he, he could possibly give them some value. But also you bring him up and you got to start the clock on him. But what I agree with Frank is, and I think we're starting to see the trend happen a lot more, is we're going to see guys quicker than we used to. We've seen it in the last couple of years, um, you know, with guys like Acuna came up pretty quickly. Um, Fernando Tatis came up pretty quickly. These guys are more ready than ever. 
I think they're they're seeing higher level minor league ball. And, and a lot of these guys that play in college, I, I think we're going to see it with a guy like uh, Andrew Vaughn this year. Guys that yeah. play in college and play against really, really good competition, they're ready within a year or two. And, and just like, you know, the scouting and analytics and what they can do with these guys at the training sites has become so much more enhanced. There's so much more they can do in the offseason. So I think guys are more ready. So I think we're going to see an Andrew Vaughn this year. We're going to see a Jared Kalenic this year. It's going to be a handful of guys. We're going to see I think we're going to see, uh, you know, the guy down in uh, Tampa, Wander Franco. I think we're going to see all these guys this year. And I think it's great for the game because I think these guys need to be up. They're young, fresh faces that can bring new people into watching the game. Uh, what's great is they're from all different types of cultural backgrounds, which I absolutely love. And uh, so so keep an eye on that. I think we see a lot of guys this year. Maybe not Bobby Witt, uh, but hey, he's got a good pedigree, good family bloodline. And I think he's going to be a real, real positive asset for the Royals in the next couple of years. I just wanted oh. to add one thing on Witt there. I like what you're saying about if the Royals were contending down the stretch, maybe they had an injury to call them up, give them a boost. A good comp for a good comp for that would be back when the Orioles were contending a few years ago. Well, it's been a while now, but uh, they were contending down the stretch. They brought up Manny Machado before everyone expected, and he was, I believe, 20 at the time as well. So, hey, maybe you see another situation like that: the Orioles with Machado, the Royals with Wit. Never know. I'd love it. Okay. Well, I gotta tell you. I am loving all these players getting opportunities. The ball is standard issue. It hasn't changed. Don't even think it has. And as far as the DH, this is what I'm really, I'm really feeling that the DH is going to happen still. And I don't have anything to base it on. I'm not an insider. I don't have the knowledge. I can't share some secret tip I got from somebody. That's not true. I don't. But the way the lineups are being used right now, every day I look at these lineups and there's DHs involved and all these guys are, it's not just to try to get extra at-bats for players who need them. It it's really seems like they're kind of banking on a last-minute deal is going to happen. And that's the only reason I have for that. But, you know, the kind of the way you practice is the way you plan to play. And I know that the DH could be taken away, and then these players are going to be riding the pine a lot more. I mean, Dominic Smith is getting a fair amount of playing time. Are we really believing that he's going to... He's going to take over at first base more often than Pete Alonso will? I just don't see that happening. I can't... We could always live in a new world where reality changes. It can happen like that. But I really think the DH is going to get done right before the season starts. I just have this this feeling based on what I'm seeing. Would you agree with me, Frank, or what do you think? As much as I'd love you to be for you to be correct here, I love your optimism about it. I don't share it. I just I'm being skeptical with this. I just think we're too late in the we're too close to the season for them to make a last-minute switch. But you do make a good point in the fact that they're playing these DHs. I would love to see it. Obviously, I hate seeing the pitcher bat. I want to see these hitters have more plate appearances. I want more, you know, you, the, watching the pitcher hit is horrible. I want to see more fantasy production all around. It's more fun. So I would love to see it, but I don't. I really don't see it happening just because of how close we are to the season. But, hey... Always good to uh, hold out hope. Well, these pitchers aren't hitting right now. There's yeah. DHs in every game. So what, don't they need the reps? Shouldn't they be playing like they're practicing? What What am I missing here, Deary? 
Nothing. I mean, pitchers, when pitchers do end up hitting, it's like, especially when the Nat, American League teams go to the National League, they do like one round of like 30 balls out of the bucket and be like, okay, can I bunt? Can I hit the ball to the right side and move the ball, move the guy over? But I feel like it's got to be really, really frustrating for pitchers. I mean, some of these guys grew up being really solid hitters and, you know, a guy like a Zach Greinke or, or, or guys that, that were really good hitters mad in college bum. as well. Yeah, mad bum. And it's probably exciting for some of those guys. But most of these guys quit with hitting when they got to college or, or minor league ball and they went to focus on pitching. And it's it's got to be really frustrating when you are – you know, Clayton Kershaw who is a pretty good hitter as well. When when he's going out to pitch, and it's like, okay, now I got to go out and 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 hit. And if anything, what's always frustrated frustrated me about it is the chances of them getting injured on the base pass or getting hit by a pitch, like hit hit in the arm that's going hit hit in their arm that they pitch with that might you know have them have to sit out a start or two. And it's just so frustrating. Like I can't believe we've been living with this for like fifty plus years now, um, and it hasn't changed. But Obviously, we have nothing to go on that it may change. But then again, last year, a day before the season started, they were like, okay, we're going to do DH. We're doing this expanded playoff. So who knows what Manfred's thinking? Um, you know, it was frustrating when they came out, you know, with that little bargaining chip, you know, less games, DH. And it's just like, and this is what, you know, Mike and I talked about this last week, Frank, is just like, this is what makes us so frustrated for what's going to happen next year with the CBA talks because it's like, the two sides cannot get along and they can't come to any type of agreements. I'd love to see the DH happen, but I mean, I just don't think it's going to happen this year. And it's really frustrating. Yeah. Also, it's got to be frustrating for a guy like Mike Soroka coming back. What is it from a Achilles? Achilles. Yeah. He's got to go and hit and run the base pass. That's got to be really distracting for like, and you have to come back from such a long layoff and get back into the swing of things as a pitcher. And then you have to worry about running the base pass with your, Achilles injury, so it really sucks for a guy like that, and I really hope they would have the NLDH. Don't be that guy. I understand. What can we do? I think there'll be a DH somehow. It just seems like it's going to happen. That's it. No proof. Total hearsay. Absolute ridiculousness. And I'm fine with that. This is what the show is about sometimes. We don't have all the facts, and we're just going to speak our minds freely. So there it is. A little bit of spring training talk. There's so many little tidbits about spring training, which we'll incorporate into the rest of the show as we talk about more fantasy baseball analysis on the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rona Fanatic Podcast Network. Don't forget that uh, we were on last week with the Triple Play guys. Triple Play, our dudes, our guys. We love them. Me and Deary, we had a good time, didn't we, Deary? That was so much fun. It was. Guys, we talked yeah, about TGFBI yeah. drafts like galore. Everybody's draft was broken <laughs> down. It was quite in depth so it was actually probably the most baseball talk we had done in a while because if you listen to our pod i mean we do baseball but we do some fun stuff too we want to showcase our guests and do our enrico inquisition but yeah we dug down deep with all five of those guys and uh we uh went through everybody's tgfbi through about the first 10 12 rounds so it was yeah. really really great in-depth information so if you want to know more about it go ahead and check out one of our later pods earlier pods you want to take a dinghy no no i took care of that at the press conference we had a great time with them. They're the best. Little Cheesecake, Doc and Mendy. Check out that episode. I was on with the Roto Brits too, dearie. That was a lot of fun. I talked with, these guys are British, and we talked baseball for an hour. I couldn't believe it. We talked outfield, and I told them about, uh, <laughs> on the show, I talked about a guy named Steve. But you know Steve. is our friend Steve Guile. So he yep. was like this huge part of the show, and they made like a whole promo about who's Steve. It was hilarious. It was so funny <laughs> because Steve 
told me that he traded Kyle Tucker in our uh, league rent together, which is a keeper league, because he mm-hmm. was not feeling Kyle Tucker. He traded him for Trevor Bauer. So, okay. Uh, interesting move there. And we were talking outfielders on the Roto Brits show. So if you want to hear about outfielders, the top 25 outfielders, go back to the Roto Brits and check them out and listen to them anyways. Ryan and Peter are great guys, and they listen to the show and they contribute to us. So we want to support them as much as we can. Just because they're British doesn't mean they don't know baseball. They definitely know baseball. There's no doubt about it. Oh, and then one last thing. The Fantasy Pros pod I was on doing a mock draft with Joe Pisapia and Dan Harris. We did a quick mock, 12-team mock draft, and we just blew through that. And it was a lot of fun. I had never met those guys before. They were really cool and accommodating, and we had a good time doing the draft. And you can go take a look at my picks and see what you think. If they, they suck, it's on me. That's fine. And Joe apparently thinks I live in a tank for three weeks, and I come out every once in a while to do shows. So I think Joe has a misconception of me, but, you know, most people you recharge. do. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they do, dear. You're, you gotta have a, you gotta recharge those batteries. So everybody needs their own hyperbolic chamber or tank or whatever the hell it is. What is that thing Joe Rogan uses? The uh, was the deprivation tank? Oh yeah, it's like you go in there and it's you're just like floating and you start to like hallucinate or something. Sounds yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, it's like filled with seawater. You ever done that, Frank? No, but all I'm thinking about with this ex- this description here is like Dragon Ball Z when you know Goku's in his uh <laughs> like he's in submerged in water, he's got that thing in his mouth and he's just like wait, like it's like recharging him. Wow. That's like me between the podcasts. I don't know if you watched that show, but I've never seen Dra- I I know what it is, but I've never actually watched an episode of Dragon Ball Z. But so I've when heard they're, that term. When they're injured, they're all banged up, they go in this underwater kind of thing, they got this tube in their mouth and then it just flashes to them in the show like they're all oh, he's recovering. Goku is recovering now, you know. <laughs> so that's all I thought of when you were talking about that. <laughs> no shit. Wow. Cool. That's See, we you learned between something. podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I have a feeling Derry's never seen Dragon Ball Z either. No clue. I know uh, what it is. I just never seen it. No, we were both in the same position. We're going to have to rectify that. Maybe me and Derry will do a marathon this weekend. Dragon Ball Z marathon. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. We can live stream it and everything. Oh, wow. No, I, I know what it is. I've just, I've, I guess I just never, I don't know if I'm too old or it's just not up my alley. I don't know. I'll Did they talk a, about baseball in it? No, <laughs> but I'll send you a GIF or a GIF, however you say it, of, uh, of that. You'll see. I'll be like uh, Mike in between podcasts and I'll show you. It'll show you. <laughs> it'll give you that that yeah. sounds like a great idea. That would be sweet. Yeah. All right. It's time for Enrico's Inquisition, where we asked. Frank Amarante, a bunch of goofy stuff. Let's hit it! Would you prefer to deal with a manipulative person or a callous person? Wow, this is deep. Deep into my psyche. Uh, Trammell or Lou Whitaker? Oh, I knew you were going to hit me with that. The 1988 well, Dodgers quick. or the 2020 Dodgers? Oh, the 1988. Right, I, I, I just went through. It was the happiest moment like, of... My oh no, this line. is the whole problem. That was my first oh, 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 <laughs> okay. Get ready for some doozies. Cause it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Enrico's Inquisition. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, so now, Frank, I will give you stuff. It's real simple. I give you some this or that, some questions, some random nonsense, and you just tell me you know, how you feel about it. It's not complicated. It's supposed to be simple and easy i hope we have some fun and i hope we learn a thing or two about you frank what do you say you ready i'm ready all right frank what's your favorite band my favorite band probably i'd I'd go with the beatles i'm a classic rock type of guy beatles had way too many hits i'm going with the beatles there 
What do you think of that, dearie? I mean, you can't go wrong with the Beatles. I own many Beatles albums. I mean, I think I, I go back and forth on uh, between them and like the Stones in terms of like classic rock. But I mean, the Beatles have so many damn good songs. I mean, who doesn't like the Beatles? Oh yeah, I love the Stones too. My dad was a huge Stones guy, and he'd always play it at uh, family functions or what and whatnot. So I knew I knew a lot of the Stones from a young age too. So I do like them as well. The Beatles. Yeah, you're not a Beatles guy, Mike. No, I mean, no, I mean, you can, they're fine. <laughs> I don't have a problem with the Beatles because they're who they are, but you can't really have an honest conversation about the Beatles because they become so mythological. They become overhyped, and it's just become unrealistic. And then John Lennon dies younger, so it's like, oh, well, we don't really need to be mean about it. So it just there's nowhere to go with it. it. It is, oh, my God, I almost said what I never said. I almost said that. That's crazy. I almost said it is what it is. I never say that. I hate that <laughs> phrase. They are who they thought they were. That's all. They're Certainly the, the myth has kind of outweighed everything. So it's like, oh, if you don't say the Beatles are the greatest rock band of all time, then you're wrong. You're an idiot. Yeah, the boomers have fucked everything up for us. That's what it is. That's the main thing. I blame the boomers. It's not the Beatles' fault. It's the boomer generation's fault. So. Okay. Anyways, I apologize. So uh, this is one uh, I came up with a long time ago, but it's perfect for you. So uh, Frodo or Bilbo? Frodo or Bilbo? I got to go with Frodo. You know, he, he had that burden of uh, taking the ring to Mount Doom. He, he overcame, you know, the temptation. And uh, Bilbo wanted that ring back. You know, in the movie, after they go on that long journey and Bilbo has the nerve to say, do you have my old ring? I'm like, come on, man. I got to go Frodo there. <laughs> what a dick, huh? Yeah, like he just came back from a grueling trip. He's like, any chance I have, could see that old ring of mine? <laughs> So, yeah, no, I'm going Frodo. Dak uh, uh, Prescott or Russell Wilson? Well, Russell Wilson, we, I still got to go with Russell Wilson. He has more of a track record. Uh, he, Despite his uh, down the stretch, he really started to show. I mean, it, we can't really fully say it was signs of decline, but he really struggled down the stretch. I love, I love Dak, uh, but from a r- real football standpoint, I still got to go with Russ. For fantasy, probably still Russ by a little bit because we don't know how Dak's going to recover from that uh, injury. So I'd, I'd lean toward Russ. And it's a shame the way that Seahawks coaching staff has u- used them throughout the years, just loving to establish the run, run the football when they have a franchise quarterback like Russell Wilson. It's pretty ridiculous. But yeah, so I go Russ there. Well, Dak just got his big contract, so he's locked in in Dallas now. I wonder what Russ would have became if he just stuck with baseball. Hmm, that's interesting. Or yeah. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was number seven pick overall to the A's. Shows football. Yeah, that, that is interesting to think about. It'd be cool if one of these players one one year just plays half of his career football and then half baseball like Deion Sanders or something. That'd be cool to see. Do you go Drake or 50 Cent? Oh, I got to go Drake. Being from Toronto, you know, Drake Drake never misses. Drake never misses. He just hit after hit after hit after hit. That guy, he has so much longevity with with his music. Like he's been he's been in, in the limelight for so long. I mean, 50 Cent had a great run. I love Get Rich or Die Trying. Uh, in the club is a banger. But Drake just year after year after year, he's releasing these hits. And he just dropped another 
couple tracks that everyone's going nuts over. Uh, so I got to go Drake there. Oh, I thought you'd be... I know you're Canadian, but I thought maybe... You know, 50 Cent. He seems to be a big part of your Twitter timeline. You love the 50 Cent. Oh, gifts, that! So. Oh, that! Yeah, I love that that gift. Yeah, just like because you just—it's just like you pop in and you laugh at what they're saying, then you're gone again. It's like I'm saying, it's like I'm just popping in to laugh at what they said and not really engage too much in debate. Okay, I'm out now. It's just funny to me. I really like that one. But yeah, I go Drake as a rapper. What's the best Zelda game of all time? Best Ze- oh, that's a good question because I'm a huge Zelda guy as well. So I got to go with the typical answer here, Ocarina of Time. Oh. That game, I was what, like in grade five when that came out, I was I was just like Jeez, in really? love with that game. You know, <laughs> just a, you feel you old now, Mike? Cause we I, didn't, were no, I just like, didn't know what? he was that much younger than us. <laughs> It's just uh, what's it called there? Like the whole idea, you're in that hu- the huge Hyrule field, that open world. It wasn't so open world by our standards now, but it was new at the time. And the idea that you start as a kid and then you become an adult that was really cool. And one that I really like that comes close to it is Majora's Mask. Like I love that game. That was so cool when the characters were do different things each day. That was a new thing at the time, and that one I really loved. So it's those two for me, and. I, I'm going to be a little contrarian here. I, I know Breath of the Wild was cool with its new, with all the new things they introduced with cooking and all that, the newest game <laughs> of Twitch. But, uh, like, I like it, but it's not on Ocarina of Time's level for me. Wow. You heard yeah. it here first, folks. I, I didn't I didn't know we get this type of breaking news on the show, I must say. Oh. That is shocking. Very shocking. Okay. I loved Ocarina of Time. I mean, Deary knows... All my friends know that I like to throw in the Ocarina of Time music here and there. Whenever oh, we're at a party, it. doesn't matter what time it is. It's so good. It's so it's relaxing. Amazing. Which Beautiful. wait, which is your favorite Ocarina of Time song? Oh, that's tough. That's really hard. I got one. I got one. Go ahead. Oh, Spirit Temple. That one, like, I love that. I love the Spirit Temple. Yeah, yeah, it's so like eerie, and it's kind of. I love that song, and it makes you really feel the. Like you're in that environment, like you're in that kind of ancient Egypt kind of setting. It was cool. But yeah, the music throughout the game was awesome. What about Lon Lon Ranch? Oh, I love Lon Lon Ranch. Ingle <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> with that stash. <laughs> when he snaps when you beat him in the race, that's funny. He goes oh, mad. yeah. Yeah, he loses it. It's not cool, man. I never beat that game, but I've watched my friends beat that game. I just like the music, so. But the oh, I can't great. imagine being in fifth grade when that came. I mean, Mike and I were in high school and we played the shit out of it, but I can't even imagine being in fifth grade. I, think I was I think, fifth grade, yeah. I think I was in fifth grade when like Sega Genesis came out, and man, that was pretty pretty damn big. But man, N sixty four was a really really big deal when that came out. Don't make that oh, face, Mike. That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was actually a freshman in college when Ocarina came out. We were in the dorm rooms. It was fall of 98. So it was your senior year. Oh, is that when that came out? Okay, so it was my senior year. Even though okay, we're the same age, year. I went to college before you. I don't know why that is. I went to kindergarten twice. <laughs> the truth has been revealed. There it is. That's fine. I wish I would have gone to kindergarten twice. I had a bad fantasy draft, so they held me back. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. You took okay. George Bright over Tony Gwynn. <laughs> Who do you? Yeah, yeah, like the 1986 fantasy draft. That must have been a big year. I would have took Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker, probably, in the first 10 rounds. And uh, Ron Guidry, 
Maybe Roger Clemens would have been like a number one pick, probably. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, uh, Frank, uh, curveballs or sliders? Of course. Well, this is a tough one. Uh, By the way, we got I someone got chiming in with "Link to the Past" forever. Oh. He's pissed about it. Oh, I love "Link to the Past" as well. Music Which is and the I SNES version. Too. Yeah, the music in that one's awesome too. Really like it. I really like the Hyrule Field song in that in that game. But uh, to answer your question, it's tough. You know, I love both types of breaking pitches. I, I'd probably lean slider just because it's a sharper break. And I'd, I'd go with slider there. Oh, that's good. Nice to get more sliders. Sliders are getting probably more involved over the last five to seven episodes than they had been in a while. Here, here! Woohoo! I'm a slider guy. I love sliders. But I love curveballs too. Nobody ever asks us. We don't have to answer. Uh, let's see. Would you rather sleep in the grass or have to walk in the sand all day? Oh, sleep in the grass. No problem. Easy choice. Well, well, wait, wait, wait. Let, on second thought, walk in the sand all that day. That could be that I'm at the beach all day. So. Uh, it could be. I mean, you could yeah, do so, this. Yeah. yeah, so that's basically almost like you're asking me, do I like going to the beach more or, or camping more? And I have to say go to the beach. So I've... I've just done a flip-flop on that question. Yeah, walk in the sky. <laughs> for sure. I like okay. being on the beach, having a nice beer, you know, enjoying the weather. Uh, sounds nice. Mm-hmm. This is the official fantasy baseball podcast of Russell Crowe. So you prefer Master and Commander or Survivor, the TV show? <laughs> well, to be honest, uh, I didn't watch much of either of those shows. So <laughs> this is a tougher question for me, I guess. I, I'm going to be honest with you. You're going to not like this, but I don't even know what Master and Commander is. Which show is that? <laughs> That's a movie. <laughs> or movie. What movie is that? I don't remember I, it. Uh, it's mm. got Russell Crowe in it, of course. Oh, so. I got to go Gladiator for talking Russell Crowe. Ah, well, some people would love, go that route. Love Gladiator. This, this is from Survivor. Tribe has spoken. <laughs> yeah, That's I know Survivor. So I watched Survivor. I wasn't huge into Survivor. Well, Despite its popularity, no, okay. I wasn't too much well, into it. So I, mean, I, do I know the... Russell Crowe. If he's he's listens to the show, he's a big. It's the fantasy baseball show of Russell Crowe. So his feelings will probably be hurt. But if anything, he might have somebody who, who will be a new viewer of Master and Commander the movie. Yeah, I got to check that out. But yeah, I loved his work in Gladiator. I, I'm a huge. I love uh, Roman ancient Roman history. So that's a movie I really really liked. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's kind of like Master Commander's like English naval history. It's not Roman, oh. but it's so it's like a couple hundred years ago. Oh, now I'm remembering. I remember how he looks in the in the movie. I gotta check that out. Yeah, yeah. There it is, my guy Zaytor, like Richard Zito checking in. It's great. Thank you, Richard. It's always important to have that Master Commander support because in our never-ending quest to make sure that Doug Ishikawa knows that Master Commander is vastly superior to Survivor. This is why we asked this question. So now you have something you can watch. We'll watch Dragon Ball Z, and you'll watch Master and Commander, Frank. Yeah, deal. Yay! Here you go. Here's a little taste. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting. Look, look, doesn't that sound like fun? Sounds perfect to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Frank's lying to us. It's a fuck. It's okay, Frank. You don't have to watch that movie. So. No, I'm gonna check it out. Why not? Uh, do you prefer just watch Gladiator again, Frank? 
Yeah. Just just rewatch. Keep rewatching Gladiator. Love the Gladiator. music in that too. The theme song oh gets me every time. You prefer straight bets or parlays, right? Hmm. Well, parlays are more fun, especially when you you're one game away and you're gonna get that big payout. But the smarter play is to go with the straight bet, just because it's really tough to uh, to hit a parlay. As my dad likes to say, parlays are sucker bets. So that's what he always, <laughs> I always like. He always, you know, he tells me not to gamble too much. He's like, what are you doing? And then I tell him I do a parlay. He's like, you're a sucker, you know. But I, I like straight bets more because they're the smarter play to uh, win in the long run. But parlays are more entertaining, that's for sure. Yeah, I think we all know the dirty truth, don't we? Uh, Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair? Uh, I'm gonna go Hulk Hogan. I like I like his entrance music. I like I like his persona on the mic uh, as a wrestler. I know Ric Flair won all those titles, but I gotta go Hulk Hogan. And I hated Ric Flair towards the end of his career. That's when I was more watching, more into wrestling, and he just smacked the guy like 20 times. Like okay. <laughs> I wasn't too into that. But yeah, I go oh. Hulk Hogan. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, that's cool. I respect you, Frank. And finally, of course, for love or money? For love or for money? For love. Yes. For love, of course. Because if you're, let's say we're talking in an employment, in a job sense, in the workplace. If you're doing something you love, you're going to be putting more effort into it and the money's going to come. So love for love has to come first. Beautiful. Another beautiful, beautiful testimonial from Frank Amarante in Enrico's Inquisition. You have cleared. You're free. We will move on from that. Thank you, Frank. You were very forthright and cordial, and we admire your tenacity, your passion, your desire. You're a good man. You really are. Thank I you. liked it. You're listening to the Heads, Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Road of Fanatic Podcast Network. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter, 2Ls, 2Zs. Utah, give me two. Don't forget, you can send us an email. Uh, I've got some ideas I've been thinking about that I'm going to share soon. I've been thinking about maybe doing uh, podcast episodes for people who want pods about their own leagues. You know, your everyone's leagues are starting up. It's the preseason. Drafts are coming up. I may be available. I may make myself available for those who want <laughs> me to do a podcast about your league. Now, I'm not forcing Deary to do this. I'm saying I would do this on my own time. It would probably cost you money. We might have to talk financial terms on this one because it would take a lot of effort to do like an hour podcast on someone's league. And if I get like 10 of them, it's going to take a long time to get them all done. So I'm throwing it out there. And if I get any nibbles, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com, two L's, two Z's. Utah. Then Give me two. Maybe we'll do those. It could be fun. Who knows? So that sounds fun. That sounds fun. Yeah, I sound. wouldn't be in for uh, ten of them, but I'd certainly. I, I'd love to do one just about a couple of my home leagues, and maybe bring some of these idiots that I do this in. Yeah, you know, bring them on the pod and see what they think. Exactly. Might be interested in that. I'm going to talk to some guys in my league. Maybe yeah. maybe hit you up on that. That'd be fun. Seriously, I think everybody wants to. Everybody loves their own home league. That's it. Consumes them. It's the big part of their season in the end. The draft and the the bullshitting, the trash talking, and the trades, and et cetera, et cetera. So people would love to probably hear a podcast about their league, and I'm thinking that might be a fun avenue. So throw it out there. We'll see if anybody's interested. Plaza Podcast at ProtonMail.com. I okay. mean, if anyone's like myself, I spend hours a day 
talking with two or three people in my home leagues, just analyzing everybody's keepers and talking about, you know, trades that could happen. So I, th yes. I think it's a great idea. Oh, yeah. It's we talk trash all the time in the same way. But we have a group chat with our in our home league, and it's always going off, especially closer to baseball season. All oh, your keepers are terrible. All oh, yours are great, you know ripping on each other so that would be cool i definitely have to see what they think and uh maybe we'll be in touch about that cool palazzo podcast at protonmail.com two l's two z's all right now it's time for the fantasy breakdown we get into it the nitty-gritty our first segment in the fantasy breakdown is called back then they didn't want me and of course you got to play some mike jones Back then, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot, they all know me. It's a classic tale, right? Nobody cares about you. Then suddenly you do something, and everybody wants you. It can change like that. Overnight sensations happen like that. So, in this segment, we're going to find out who nobody wanted. And now... They're all on them. And Frank, you came up with a great name to start the segment off. Why don't you take it away? Because this is perfect. Sorry, who? Uh, you, oh, I'll start with an obvious one who I have written down here in my, oops, in my notes. Uh, Jake Odorizzi. Perfect. An obvious choice just because he was falling uh, just since he was unsigned and he was finally signed. So now his ADPs moved up. I, I took a look before we started. Uh, before February, around February 15th, he was being selected around 295 in NFBC leagues. And now that's risen to 249 since he's signed with the Astros. And I think we could expect that to rise even more as more data comes in on ADPs with, as more drafts happen. And the reason I like well, I like him, obviously, with the Astros just because of their track record of success and just really getting more value out of their pitchers. We saw it with Garrett Cole. We saw it with Verlander. We saw it with Charlie Morton. So I really think they could do the same for Jake Odorizzi. Uh, if we look back, he's one year removed from a, from a career year. He had, he had set career highs in swinging strike with 12.7, and he had a 19K to walk percentage which were career highs, and he put up good ratios, 3.51 ERA and a 1.21 whip. And I looked back, and uh, his fastball velocity was up 2 miles per hour uh, during uh, 2020 and in 20, sorry, and in the previous year. So his, so his velocity was up, so that's always a good sign. And I think he's a solid later round option, and his – rise in ADP is, is worth it for sure. I have two others I could get into. Oh, Let's yeah, we'll get to those. We'll get to those. Let's start here with Jake, though. All right. That's a All great right. choice because Odorizzi seems obvious now once Framber Valdez went down with the finger injury that, oh, should have been drafting Odorizzi anyways because he probably was going to sign with somebody. Lo and behold, he does. Deary, are you buying into Odorizzi more now because he has a home officially, or were you always out on him regardless? No, I'm I'm in on him. He was tracking towards being a really, really solid pitcher. You know, he left Tampa Bay, you know, two really solid seasons in Tampa Bay in 15 and 16. 17, still pretty decent, 4.14 ERA. Wasn't striking out as many people, but when he went to Minnesota, 
that K percentage went up. And Frank talked about 2019 for him. He had a 3.51 ERA throw out July, and he would have been a top 20 starting pitcher. He had a 7.43 ERA in July. Last year, only 13 innings. I mean, so... I mean, you're going to throw out 2020 anyways. And I'm I'm glad this guy found a team. I can't believe it took this long because I think he's still got a lot left in that arm. Houston's a perfect situation for him. 31 years old, or he will be 31 in the next couple months. So I, I take, I take a role with him. I think he's got the opportunity to be a solid pitcher. And uh, did we talk about where his ADP is right now? 250? It's around 250. 250. So you're looking number four, number five guy who could possibly be like a really solid number three. I'm in on it. He's in. Jake Odorizzi. Owners, step right up and get yourself a player that could be very, very valuable when it comes to chewing up some innings. I've never been a fan of Odorizzi. He has these stretches, though, where he can help you out, especially streaming leagues, uh, head-to-head leagues where you need to pick up a catcher, a catcher, a pitcher that could fill the void. Then Odorizzi's a guy, but I never draft him. I've always avoid him, and maybe that's my mistake. Maybe I'll regret that, but it's definitely a perfect call for the guy that nobody wanted, and now everyone's all up on his jock. No doubt about it. Frank, who else you got? Give us another one. Another one I got here is Aaron Hicks. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think, so uh, let me just one second. So I checked his ADP at the beginning of February. is around 270, and since... Around the beginning of March, it's around 247, and I think he's his ADP. Is, I think his ADP has risen because we're seeing uh, in spring training lineups and in all reports that he's going to be hitting third in that stacked Yankees lineup. This is a guy who has terrific plate discipline. He walked more than he struck out last year. He can chip in on stolen bases, maybe get close to 10, and he has some pop in that bat, especially. Hitting in that ballpark, he has a chance to hit 20, 25 home runs. The only question, of course, is health. He only has one season with over 550 plate appearances. So that's a risk you take. But, hey, if if he was healthy every year, he, you wouldn't get him past pick 200. You, this is what you have to deal with. You you buy the discount because of the health concerns. So I, I am in on him as well because of – like I said, the terrific team context, the great plate discipline, and the modest uh, speed and the, the power that he has. What do you think, uh, Deary? So the guys over at Rotosaurus really, really do deep dives into roster construction. And you brought it up, Frank. He's going to bat number three for the Yankees. He's going to rake in that park. He gets on base, has a really, really good eye, and he can swipe you some bags as well. So... The issue, like you said, is going to be injury. Is he going to be able to stay healthy and stick around in center field? I think they'll probably be smart with him, maybe hold him back, have some kind of rest days here and there. But, I mean, for a guy that's batting third in a top five lineup to be going that late, I think that's kind of uh, interesting because I think he's not as risky as maybe some people think. And if you can surround it with some other guys that are going to give you some great ratios, maybe be able to play more games than him, but you can kind of sub him in and out depending on what type of league you're in, his returns are going to be good. He's going to get on base. He's going to hit for a decent average, and he's going to hit for some power as well. So I like it. If he can stay healthy, he has a chance to be a top 150 player. Look at that. Everyone's riding the Aaron Hicks train. Aaron Hicks is a guy I've always targeted in OBP leagues, points leagues, because he can walk and get on base. Like you said, the plate discipline skills are elite. 
but it's always a matter of health. That's it. And that crowded outfield also is the other issue. It's not just the health factor. Brett Gardner, Clint Frazier, uh, you know, Miguel Andujar. I don't know. There's all kinds of names ratting in there that can just ruin the party. And I don't have a problem with this at all. And if he's hitting third, how long will it last? How long can you trust it? I mean, this guy was a number one overall pick. The Twins were big fans of his. And then he went to New York. And when he had that season in 2018, it was so damn good. I mean, a 15.5% walk rate, 27 bombs, 11 steals. It was really damn good. It was a great season from an outfielder that you could get later on in the draft. And the question is, is that reality? Because right now, the 2018 season is the outlier. Playing in 137 games, never done that any other year in his career. And he's been in the big since 2013. So take that for what you will and make your own bottom lines. But he definitely can play. It's just a matter of if he will. And that's that. But I'm willing to take the risk, though. Yeah, you're a risk taker. Especially if he sometimes he could slide a bit more than that, I've noticed. So he's but I definitely hear you about his injury concerns. That guy has really struggled to stay healthy. Here's hoping that, uh, you know, he can uh, play every day this year or close to it. Forever. Let's hope so. I got a guy, Omar Narvaez of the Milwaukee Brew Crew. Now, people were dismissing him because he had a terrible 2020. There happened to be a season that was a little shorter, and it, you know he didn't get a chance to really show you what he's made of. But when he's been given the chance to show you what he's made of, Omar Narvaez has been an elite catcher. He has the third highest OPS over the last three seasons combined behind only two other catchers. I read this stat the other day, and it didn't surprise me. It just confirmed what I already know about Omar Narvaez. In 2019, 132 games, 482 plate appearances, 22 home runs. That's nice. With a 278 average at catcher, a 278 average is very, very special. A weighted runs created plus of 119. He had a 121 the year before that in a little bit of a smaller sample size. So overall, I am a big fan of this guy. I don't give a shit what happened last year. It was awful. He hit 176. His walk percentage actually went up, although it was a smaller sample size. But his K percentage went up to 31% when he's a career 19% K percentage guy. He's not a 31% K percentage guy. So that's it. This is a guy... Back then, nobody wanted him. But now he's hitting bombs in spring training, too. And they're seeing, hey, he's healthy and a full season's going to do him good. People are jumping on this bandwagon again. And they will if they haven't. I'm going to take 1,300 at-bats in his first four seasons over or plate appearances over 126 any day. I mean, 267, 277, 275, 278. Those are great averages for a guy who doesn't hit the ball terribly hard, but he's a high BABIP guy. So I think he got a little unlucky last year. Last year's BABIP was 254, not terrible, but a guy who has a 312 career BABIP. So I think he just got really unlucky last year. Wasn't hitting the ball as hard as he had. Throw that in, K percentage. In, he just previous missed sides. the ball. Yeah, 31% K percentage. That's absurd. And you said he's 19%. He The highest he had ever been was 20% in 18 as last year with the White Sox over 322 plate appearances. But he also had an over 10% walk rate, which I'm going to take every single time. So it's amazing to me that he's going this late because this guy's a year and a half removed from being a top five catcher in the league. And I love the ballpark he's in. It'll be interesting to see if he gets full, you know, kind of, you know, chance to 
get all the plate appearances there. You know, most places have him sharing that position with oh, Manny Pena. Manny Pena, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, I, I've seen projections anywhere from 290 plate appearances to close to 400. I think he's closer to 400. I think he's close to to batting. You know, having um, you know, playing in 117 to 120 games compared to, you know, a third of the season or something like that. So he's going to bat at the end of the order, but that's where most catchers are going to bat for you. If you're looking for great value late, I think he's a guy that you can get on early and I think he's going to be able to produce for you. All right. So I, I love that call, Mike. I like Navarez. I, I really like that too. And I like what you said about that outlier of a K rate where it just went to 30, 31 when his career norm was around 19 ish. So that just shows you, he probably, again, it's hard to really quantify how much that shortened season and the change in routine affected these hitters, but I really think it affected him. I mean, we can reasonably project that that, that affected him and because of the way he had that outlier in K rate. So I love this call. This is solid. And you, you know, I've, I always thought he was a solid catcher, but this is what's good about being on a podcast and, and discussing with with uh, other writers or podcasters about fantasy baseball. Hey, they're everyone's giving great information, so you have to soak that up. You have to trust in yourself, but you have to focus, uh, soak up others' knowledge too. And what you said is, I mean, I, I'm fully behind that. I'm just going to regret the fact that I did not draft him in TGFBI. I, I was targeting him. And I was ready to go, but I was like, ah, I think I can wait a little bit longer. And I ended up, I ended up taking uh, a guy that maybe I'll regret now because I, if I miss out on Narvaez in the season he might have this year, Dave Swan, Davifius, our old pal from the show, took him in round twenty-five. So, Dave Swan, congratulations! Yeah. You got yourself a starting catcher in the twenty-fifth round that he matched up with Buster Posey, by the way. So that's a it's a nice little combo there. That's going to get to be a quality batting average from catcher for Mr. Dave Swan. Like it, like it. All right, now give us one more, Frank. One more riser. Another guy who's rising just because of what he's showing in spring training. This is a guy with uh, prospect pedigree. It's uh, Andrew Vaughn of the White Sox. So I see that beginning of February, it was around 283. And now at the beginning of March, it's around 227 for his ADP for NFBC leagues. And that's just because, hey, the White Sox have shown a track record of being one of the few teams who are letting their young players come up right away. We saw with Eloy Jimenez. We saw with Luis Robert. So if Vaughn continues to show potential in spring training, we could see him up opening day. And, hey, uh, there's a glaring hole on that team for DH with the way they lost Edwin Encarnacion. So I'd uh, love to see Andrew Vaughn up. I think we will see him up. I think worst case, two weeks. We have to wait. And he's got great power potential. And I always love targeting players with, with good uh, prospect pedigree. And I just want to reiterate what you said earlier. Hey, he, he produced in college. He faced tough competition. So he's an MLB-ready prospect. So this is a player who's not really raw. He's He's ready to go. So if he's up, there's a good chance he's going to give provide solid value. So I think this is another justified rise in ADP here. Yeah, it's like Mark Teixeira coming out of Georgia Tech, just ready to go. You know, yeah. This could be something like that. I'm not saying they're the exact same type of hitter, but they are both first basemen, and they were both college prepped and ready to rock. 
Andrew Vaughn's going to be a stud, especially in that ballpark, especially in that lineup. I have no beef. I'm, I, w- I wish I had more of him. I really don't have... I can't think of a single draft I've actually been able to acquire him. And I bet Eric Cross is still pissed at me because he wanted to take him in our tag team draft that we did a couple weeks ago. And I I wasn't opposed to it. I was just thinking, oh, we can wait a little bit longer. But then, poof, he was gone. So, uh, I'm sorry, Eric. <laughs> I let you down there. That's my fault. A- Andrew but, Vaughn is 23 years old. Like, he, yeah. he's ready. Like, he, he already has the body. It's not like a guy who's 18 years old who has to develop that body. Like, it's already developed. He played at the University of California. He's going to – and what I've liked I, – I know he doesn't have a ton of plate appearances through rookie ball, A ball, and A+, plus, but just looking at those ratios, he didn't strike out a ton. Not bad for you know a, a minor league first baseman who's going to hit for power. And he walked really well, so he shows that he has an eye. And what I really, really like is if he comes up with the White Sox, it's not like there's going to be a ton of pressure on him. There's so many other bats in that lineup that people are going to be focusing on. You can hide him deeper in, in the lineup. He's going to have a lot of opportunities with guys on base. So I hope he, I hope they bring him north, and I think he's going to give incredible value. Remember that movie North with Elijah Wood? That was terrible. <laughs> I never saw it, but they always talk about how terrible it was. It was filled with, like, everybody was in it. Dan Aykroyd, all these people. It was, Oliver, uh, was Oliver Platt in that one? Probably. He's in everything. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, there it is. Yeah. Back then they didn't want him. Back then hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot hoes all lonely. Back then hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot hoes all lonely. I'm Mike Jones. That's right, Mike Jones. I feel your pain on this song. Mike Jones speaking from the heart on back then. This is a classic. This is some 2000 aughts rap, man. I, I love the 2000s. I'm starting to become more and more fond of the 2000s. You know, like the the aughts, the first 10 years of the new millennium. It's pretty uh pretty fun time. I don't remember them. I don't really, I don't like like all those oversized clothing of the 2000s. Yeah, the fashion statements were were flashy and oversized, but there was some decent music that came out in the early Oh yeah, 2000s. for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, it really is. And right now is like it's the 20 gap, 20 year gap of nostalgia. That's usually how it works. And so now we're we're about 20 years out from the aughts, so now we're going to see a lot more of that kind of creep into mainstream culture over the next few years. It's just how it goes. America is a born unoriginal place trust me and same goes for canada even though my girlfriend's canadian and i love her very much but you know canada 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 <laughs> canada canada and the united states have a similar yes. mainstream type of culture i guess in a sense so not that different mm-hmm. okay well nobody cares about that what they do care about is fantasy baseball and now it's time for some keeper conundrums. That's right. Jeepers creepers. Where'd you get those keepers? So in this one, I'm going to give you guys a keeper conundrums, and you're just going to tell me what you think of it. It's really simple. Right now, a lot of you out there on the Hey, it's a Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball podcast community are asking yourselves, who should I be keeping? We got keeper deadlines that are probably coming up. Maybe some of them already passed, so it's too late for certain leagues. But we want to make sure that we get our opinions out there so we can help you. And don't forget... You can follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. It's Plaza Podcast, two L's, two Z. Utah, give me two. We're here to help you. You can send us your questions, your keeper conundrums personally, Plaza Podcast at ProtonMail.com or DM us on any of these social media platforms. Seriously, send them in. Ask us or just tag us. You don't even have to DM us. Just post a tweet and tag Palazzo Podcast or MJ Govier or C. Deary1999. We're happy to help. Or Frank, right? Absolutely. Always, always happy to help. Yeah, what's your handle again? Oh, FM Ranty TFJ. TFJ, that's the part I forgot. Okay. 
All right, so there it is. Yeah, so in Keeper Conundrums, let's get them going here. Okay, so so in this segment, we're going to do some Keeper Conundrums. And the first one is going to be head-to-head points. Head-to-head points. Not cats. Just remember that. And... Keepers, creepers, where'd you get those keepers? This guy keepers, wants to know, Whit Merrifield, keepers, Luis Robert, you Aaron Nolan. So we got Whit Merrifield, Luis Robert, Aaron Nolan. Would you rather have those three, or would you rather have Tal Marte, Kyle Tucker, or Trevor Bauer? Merrifield, Robert, Nola, or would you rather keep Tal Marte, Kyle Tucker, Trevor Bauer. And remember, this is head-to-head points, not cats. Well, so before I like to say, so points leagues are, are a league that I that I don't have as much experience in. So I want to direct the viewers to uh, check out from Roto Baller Nicholas Gott. Uh, his handle is NT underscore Burt Reynolds. He does great work on points leagues. So that's a shout out. Uh, but looking at the at the three here, I really love uh, Luis Roberts' upside. Like the guy could go 30-30. Uh, he just hits. He could hit the ball hard. Uh, I know Kyle Tucker has that power speed profile as well, but I just think Robert has a bit more upside. And I like going the safer route with Nola over Bauer, just because Bauer has. I know we've seen his ceiling, but he has a wider. It seems like he has a wider range of outcomes with how he's struggled uh two years ago in cincinnati you never know with him i just prefer going the safer route with nola and with Ketel Marte and whit merrifield merrifield has more of a track record uh he he could steal more bases than Marte. so i'm gonna go with wit um merrifield uh robert and nola How about you Derek? i'd like to know who initiated this trade like was it the guy on the left or the guy on the right because like well, it's Usually, not a trade. It's a th- three. Oh, keeper, keeper all conundrums. These... Oh, who would you rather? Okay, I thought it was a so, trade conundrum. Okay, so that's that, that's more interesting. Yeah. So he they all six are on the team, but he can only keep three. Can only keep three. Hmm. I, I love what Frank said about Robert. I think he is the best of the bunch here. Uh, so you kind of match him up. Would you rather have Robert or Tucker? I think I would rather have Robert. Uh, obviously I love the lineup. They're both probably going to bat sixth for their teams. I think Robert probably could bat higher in that lineup, but they already have so many other things solidified there. And we'll see what happens with like a Jose Altuve. If, if that bumps Tucker up at all, um, can tell Marte, we haven't seen enough of it. It's been a cu- the last couple of years, really good batting average. And the power has been an incredible, but with Whit Merrifield in a points league if Wick can still somehow give you like 15 to 20 home runs it may be less than Cattell Marte but I think Whit Merrifield is a is a batting champ waiting to happen and I think he's still going to be able to give you some speed now within the next couple of years this is going to probably flip because Cattell Marte is only 27 Whit Merrifield's a little older so then that comes down to you know the last one which is going to be Bauer and Nola I think it's a wash there I like both guys in a wins league I think or in a points league, I think both guys are going to get, you know, a fair amount of wins. I think they're both going to probably be upwards to 180 innings. They're going to be guys that strike out a lot. So, so I, I think that's kind of wash with them, but I think I'm going to go with the team that has the player that excites me the most. So I think it's Luis Robert. So I will go with Merrifield, Robert, and Nola. 
Ah, all right. This is our second conundrum. Same deal. Head-to-head points. Real simple. James Karinchak or Gary Sanchez? Who would you rather keep, Frank? Well, I'm on board with Gary Sanchez as a late-round uh, catcher target, especially in two-catcher leagues in NFBC format, just because we've seen his power upside in the past. I know he could really drain your average, but I just love the idea that I could get a catcher that could hit 30 home runs that late in the draft. But here it's a points league, and if Karinchek can be the closer, I I know he's a bit overvalued in drafts, but he's got crazy stuff. He's got... He's gonna get. He's gonna have a crazy K rate. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna lean to towards James Karinchek here and really hope that he gets. I mean, I know that there's talk that they might use Wickgren or or Clays uh, as the closer, but yeah, Phil Matone. There's a lot of guys in that bullpen, Frank. But you could see he should still get. I think 10 to 15 saves, and if he does end up as the main closer, then you got a top three closer. So I'm gonna go with Karinchek here. I think it's going to be Sanchez for me. Throw out the last three years of Gary Sanchez. There's no way that Gary Sanchez is a 220 hitter. He has just been so impatient, swing at so many pitches outside of the zone. 2016, 2017, 299, 278. Over almost 800 plate appearances between those two years. I'm not saying he's going to bat 278, but he's got to be closer to like a 240 to 250 type hitter. The way the K percentages have just skyrocketed in the last three years is just so absurd. But as everybody knows, there's not a ton of catchers out there. And this is a catcher who can give you 30 home runs. He's done it twice, plays in a really, really great lineup. And he's also still only 28 years old. So I think I'm probably hanging on to Gary just because there is more of a a track record there with him. And he's going to get a ton of RBIs in that lineup. Um, if he continues to hold on to that job. James Karinchek scares the shit out of me. Uh, He's got incredible stuff. He's got some of the best breaking stuff in the game, but I'm worried he's going to lose that job if he can't control his walk rate. And there are some other options there. And when it comes to closers, like the only closers I'm keeping are, you know, those top four or five guys. I'm keeping a Diaz. I'm keeping a Hendricks. I'm keeping a Chapman. A guy like a Karinchek, I haven't seen enough out of him yet to warrant a keeper. And there's so many other guys out there that I think are going to be able to give you similar returns. So in this situation, unbelievable upside with Karinchek. I could be completely wrong on this in two years, but I'm going to go with Gary Sanchez. Okay. Let me make it clear for the record. For all times, Gary Sanchez, period. Get Gary Sanchez on your damn teams. Don't be a fool. Don't get suckered into any hype that is fraudulent. Gary Sanchez is an incredible bat. Throughout 2020, it was trash. It was a short season. It was garbage. I don't care about that. I really don't. I don't care about it one bit. James Karantrak's in a mess, a bullpen disaster. Too many people over there. And a disaster meaning that there's way too many options, that's all. It's a good thing for Cleveland, the real baseball team. But it's bad news if you own Karinchak. It's a mess. It's a total mess. So don't do that. Take Gary Sanchez and thank me later. He's going to hit 30 home runs this year. Bank on it. Aaron Judge says, hey, he could be the MVP of the league. Said that the other day. Sure, he's his teammate, so maybe he has to say things like that. But it's still a pretty strong opinion. That means he looks good, he feels good. And his defense has actually gotten a little bit better, believe it or not. But it was also so bad so it doesn't necessarily mean that it's that good. Gary Sanchez, all day, all day. Give me Gary. Give me Gary. Give me Gary. 
Give me here. I want you to Gary Sanchez. Yes, I do. All right. Let's go to some head-to-head cats now. Head-to-head cats, not points. Categories. What me and Deary grew up on. The classic, right? The old standard. Still doing it. Phil. 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 Nico Horner. You said Kikuchi? Jordan Montgomery. Horner, Kikuchi, Montgomery. Or Helio Ramos, Bruiser Gretal. Can only keep two of these. So between these five, which of these would you keep? Only could keep two. Nico Horner, Yusei Kikuchi, Jordan Montgomery, Helio Ramos, Bruce DeGraderall. Anybody. I don't care who. So for me, uh, I really like Yusei Kikuchi. I'm going to actually expand more on why I like oh, him. Oh, yeah. We'll save that. We'll save that. Yeah. So, but I do like him, so I'm going to I'm gonna be keeping him there. Uh, and Jordan Montgomery obviously plays for the Yankees, and he's going to have win opportunities. He's shown improvements as a starter. So I'm always on board with trying to win now. So you'd get two pitchers who I consider solid there. I would keep them. I mean, Helio uh, Ramos there, he, he might not even – he's probably not going to come up. But he might. He's doing good in spring training. But I always try to – in a keeper league, I'm in win now mode, so I'm going to go with Kikuchi and Montgomery. Gary, which way do you go here? Yeah, I, those two are probably the most obvious choices. But if you're going to try to really roll the dice and hope for the future, I think it'd be more of a Gratterall and Nico Horner. Now, Nico Horner needs to get some opportunities. It's kind of a muddled up infield uh, with what they have there. He he should be able to get some at bats this year because he can play all around the field. I think he's a guy who's a good spring, Gary. Yeah, and I think he's got a he's a guy who has good speed, really good plate discipline, discipline, just kind of looking at his ratios. I think he just needs the opportunity. So I really hope here in the next year or so that he's going to be able to get 500 plate appearances and the Cubs are going to be able to figure out if they have something up the middle. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, are they is it time for them to move on from Baez? Are they in a rebuild? And Nico oh. Horner can maybe take over for him on that in that position. And I think the other one who's really, really intriguing is Bruce Dark Gratterall. The guy throws absolute gas. Uh, he, he came over to the uh, the Dodgers in the Kenta Maeda trade. And I think I'm just trying to figure out where Gratterall fits on this team. Like, I mean, he he was kind of like a seventh, eighth inning guy. Does he have the stuff to possibly become a closer in the next few years? I'm I'm not sure he's there yet, but he's got some good stuff. the The K rates over the last year, I mean, throw out 23 innings, which is absolutely like garbage. Like he didn't strike out enough guys last year, but he also didn't walk a ton of guys, which is encouraging. He is only 22 years old, so I think the Dodgers are going to just try to figure out what the role is for him. I think if he becomes a guy who ends up being like a back end of the bullpen guy, maybe he ends up being the closer here in the next year. So that's if you really want to go risky, but I would probably agree with Frank and go with Kikuchi and Montgomery just because you're going to get returns immediately from those two guys. Frank! Oh, we should have the Frank from Enrico Palazzo in this. Damn it, that was perfect. I blew it. Okay. Hey, I love Nico Horner. I want to get this on the record. Nico Horner is going to break out. Nico Horner is on the verge. This guy can run. He can hit. He's a really, really talented guy. The power might be the only question mark, but I still could 10 to 15 home runs is reasonable. Plus, he has multi-eligibility, positional tools available to you. So 
I love Horner. I'm a big Horner guy. And he's so far down in ADP that you can get him for nothing. So I would jump on that. And if you get a chance to keep him and you got the space, keep him. All right, Alex Verdugo or Brendan Rodgers? Real quick, Frank, what do you think? Verdugo or Rodgers? I got to go with Verdugo. I love his contact skills. Plays in a good park at Fenway. That's still a solid lineup. He has He's more proven than Brendan Rodgers. I know Rodgers was a top prospect, but we haven't seen it yet from him. I like how Verdugo could chip in some steals. Uh, I, I think he was solid in his first full season last year, and I really think – and he's hitting – he's likely to hit a leadoff, I believe, for the Red Sox. So this is a clear-cut choice for me. I'm going Verdugo. Any opposition, Deary? No, not at all. I'm, I'm all in on Verdugo. He's going to lead off for them. I think his projections are way off. I think he scores closer to 100 runs and bats close to 300. I think he, he's probably an all-star for the Red Sox this year. All right. Well, Brennan Rogers making noise in camp and he wants to steal 20 bags this year. So the optimism is there. The pedigree is there. Does he but still yes, play for the Rockies? He does. Yes. Yeah, they're not going to play him. Oh, <laughs> all right. Fine. All right. Yeah. Remember, this is head to head categories still. Last one. We got Frankie Montas, Mike Soroka, Tristan McKenzie and Bueller. Now, this is a apparently he can make this trade for a keeper by trading his three keepers. He gets Bueller. So you got Frankie Montas, Mike Soroka, and Tristan McKenzie. But he only has to trade two of them. So which of these two between the three would you trade for Walker Bueller as a keeper? Montas, Soroka, or McKenzie? Frank. I'd probably trade Soroka just because, like I said, I want guys to make an immediate impact, and I'm not really feeling him this year recovering from the Achilles injury. So I'm going to put him in that trade. Uh, Frankie Mont, this next one's tough. I know Tristan McKenzie's got great stuff. He's got injury concerns, concerns, or there's concerns about if he's his durability, like if he can really pitch deep into games and he might be yeah, on a limit. It's tough though. I really like him. Um, I know Montas is more of a track record. This is close for me. I think I'm gonna. He's got COVID too. Montas yeah, he's got COVID. COVID. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna trade Montas and Soroka just because I think. Again, like Cleveland's so good with pitchers. We've seen how they've developed Kluber, Clevenger, Bauer, uh, and now Plesak and Bieber, and then you have Sivali. But now, and you saw McKenzie had a strong rookie year. So I'm going to trust in Cleveland's development staff. I'm going to keep McKenzie and not put him in this trade. I'm going to put Soroka and Montas. Deary, any objections? Any changes? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd really like to know. Let's say you get Bueller. What are your other options? Is your second pitcher on your team a Frankie Montas or a Tristan McKenzie? Uh, so, so I'd probably have to know a little bit more about it. But I would probably give up almost anything to get Bueller. I think Montas has a a break back or a bounce back this season. He's got a really excellent splitter, and I think last year was just absolute. It was it was 2020. Like, what are you going to do? Uh, Frank what brought up some do? great points that, again, our Rotosaurus guys talked about with McKenzie is, you know, there's some injury concerns and his velocity really dipped. Um, so it's one of those things where this guy either becomes a superstar or becomes kind of a back end of the bullpen guy. So maybe I'm holding on to Montaz and getting rid of Soroka and McKenzie to get Walker Bueller. But I don't think you're losing out if you're getting Walker Bueller because none of these guys are becoming Walker Bueller. Well agreed. said, Gary. Well said. Even Frank agrees. We all agree. I, I yeah, love agree. Tristan McKenzie, apparently, uh, Van Lee said this on the Launch Angle pod uh, about 10 days ago or so. Our buddy Van Lee is a big fan of fantasy baseball himself and a big fan of Tristan McKenzie because he said he's going to outplay 
and outproduced Zach Plesak, I believe. So Ooh. that's it's pretty wild stuff. I love it. I love the intensity. That would definitely, by the way, shout out to Van. That would that would segue perfectly into our next segment, which is Insane Fantasy Takes. Why you taking that player? Insane Fantasy Takes. Why you taking that player? All right, so we uh, yeah we had a few days off, dude. We haven't done this in a bit, so hopefully we got some new takes for this segment. But we got to start off with our man Frank Amarante here on the Hanson Rico Blasso Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Frank, give us your first insane fantasy take. Okay, my first insane fantasy take is that. So this speaks to my one thing I really like. I really like targeting post hype prospects, guys with elite prospect pedigree. This is a hitter who at one point was ranked as around the third best prospect in baseball. And he has a 17 home run and 28 stolen base season under his belt at the age of 22. And it's Victor Robles. I think he's going to be a league winner. I, I, it's going to be tough to project the average, but I'm saying he's going 20 home runs, 30 stolen bases. He's going to make fan, his fantasy, people who draft him ecstatic with his production. Now, I went back. I tweeted this a few weeks ago. Uh, since 2000, there's been only nine players who have a 15 home run, 25 stolen base season before turning 24. Jose Reyes, Hanley Ramirez, Mike Trout, Carl Crawford, Ronald Acuna, Matt Kemp, Andrew McCutcheon, Byron Buxton, and Victor Robles. That's elite company. And you always like to see early career production out of young, um, out of top prospects. So that kind of speed upside with some pop that he has makes him a guy I really really like as a as a league winner because he's going around pick you can get him past pick 100 even close to 150 in NFBC leagues so I think he's gonna really do well and he's gonna finally find his groove I also believe in spring training he's been leading off so hey if he's leading off that's still a good nationals lineup that's that's huge so Hey, he was even considered a high. Obviously, now he's not gonna. He's not even close to Juan Soto, but at the time he was the he was the cream of the crop in that system. So, I really love Victor Robles. I think he's gonna be a league winner this year. Insane fantasy takes. All right, on the record, Frank Amarante with Victor Robles. You listed some really elite players on that list that he's in company with. Some of those guys are Hall of Famers on their way to it right now others didn't quite get there like carl crawford a lot of hype just never quite got there so it's interesting that he's on a list with and byron buxton clearly constantly injured never quite mm-hmm. never quite gets there so that's a fascinating list i would actually just like just talk about that list for a while but hey no this is the insane fantasy take segment uh dearie i'll go next i'll spare you and then you can go after me so my next one i'm saying Tyler O'Neill of the St. Louis Cardinals will hit 30 home runs plus this year. Book it right now. Insane fantasy takes. Why you taking that player? Insane fantasy takes. Yeah, so that's it. I'm not even going to back it up. I'm not even going to give you all the stats and information. He speaks for himself. If he has a playing time, he'll strike out plenty, but he's a good defender, so they'll want to use him in the field. If there is no DH, don't worry about it. They're going to want him in the game. So I'm banking on 30 bombs this year. I like what I'm seeing, and they've opened up the outfield for more opportunity. Everybody's talking about Dylan Carlson, Dylan Carlson, but Tyler O'Neill's great value. This is a late-round pick who could really exceed the value 
of where he's being picked. And these are the types of picks that will help you win leagues. Trust me. All right, Jerry, what do you got? I'm going to go with Brady Singer records an ERA under 3.75 this year. Insane fantasy takes. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm all on Brady Brady Singer, especially if he is your number five starter right now. So I, I got him in NFBC or in the TGFBI as num- my number five starter. This guy was an absolute stud at Florida. There was talk of him being the number one pick over Casey Mize a few years ago. And just kind of looking at his splits last year, he had four games where he struck out over eight guys. Decent command. If he can develop a third pitch with that really, really good command, I think he has an opportunity in the next two years to be a top 20 fantasy starting pitcher. So really pay attention to what Brady Singer is going to do this year for a Royals team that I think is going to be decently competitive this year. Brady Singer's on my TGFBI team, too, Deary. All right. We got cheers together. Yeah. All right, Frank, give us another one. All right. Another one that I got here is I think Yohan Moncada is going to hit around 30 home runs and steal close to 20 bases. This is obviously another hitter with elite prospect pedigree. We can give him a mulligan for last year because he struggled with COVID-19. It really affected him. He... he was talking about how it really wrapped uh, his energy levels and he just couldn't get it going. We also have to remember their new manager, Tony LaRusso. He's old school. Maybe he's going to let them run wild on the base paths. Maybe, you know, I mean, we can't really totally bank on that, but it's a factor. You never know. He's old school. Also, Moncada and the minors at A-ball, he stole 49 bases and 36 bases. Then uh, I believe it, oh, in AAA, he stole 17 bases in 360 plate appearances. So they really haven't been taking advantage of one of his skills, and that's going wild on the base paths. Maybe this year they'll, they'll allow him to do so with the old-school manager. This is a player with 68, 68 percentile sprint, spree, sprint speed, so he's fast. And even if he doesn't steal 20, he's going to probably steal 10. I just think with at the plate, he's going to do well. He's one year removed from that breakout season. He hit over 300, but that was a bit of a mirage because of his strikeout rate. But he's still a guy that could hit 30 home runs. He's going to be in a stacked White Sox lineup. I really think he's going to bounce back. He's going to be another elite contributor on your fantasy teams. Insane fantasy takes. Hell yeah, I can dig it. All right. Uh, Dude, let's go back to you this time now. All right, I'm going to go with Starling Marte. His 30 stolen bases, 20 home runs, and 100 runs. Insane fantasy Jesus. I love that on my draft champions team. That's hardcore, man. That's hardcore. And by the way, for the record, I love you on Mankata. I don't know if I've ever made that clear on this show. I'm pretty sure I have, so... I loved your insane fantasy take, Frank. I'm a 1,000% with it. I think he could win. He could be in the top five MVP consideration by the time the season's done this Love season. It. So I'm all for that. And as far as I don't need to talk about Starling Marte, dearie. Everyone's heard it on the yeah, show. Yeah, you'll, 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 yeah, you'll love him. You'll love him. That's great. I love it. I'm Consistent. a big fan of that. Woohoo! Wow, these are some – I'm loving these takes. These are great. Uh, all right, Frank, let's get your last one in so we can uh, move forward here because we're running a little short on time. All right, my last one, I like Yusei Kikuchi to maybe finish as a top 50 starting pitcher. Now, this is a guy who showed a lot of improvements in 2020. He had a, I know he had a 5.17 ERA, but his FIP was 3.30. His velocity on his fastball was up from 92.9 in 2019 to 95.2 in 
last year. His swinging strike went up from 8.8% to 12.1%. He bumped up his ground ball rate, 44% to 52%. So this is a pitcher. Hey, let's not forget when the Mariners signed him, it was met with some fanfare. Like people were a little bit interested in him. I looked back on his ADP and NFBC leagues in 2019 when he was signed, and it was around 181. Now you can get him. Obviously, granted, he struggled, so it's it's justified his new ADP. But you could get him past pick 300. So I think this is a player who's now more comfortable in the big leagues coming over from Japan, and I think he could really give you some value, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say he finishes as a top 50 starting pitcher. Fun fact, uh, our friends uh, Bubba and Batflip, they did a contest where you have to pick a bold prediction on your starting pitcher, and I think... I picked Hikuchi in the top 50, and that won me the SP Streamer draft kit, which was great. So that's just a fun fact, and uh, I'm rooting for Hikuchi. I pressed the wrong button. Insane Fantasy Takes. There it is. Insane Fantasy Takes in the can. Well done. Frank Amarante. Bringing the heat. Everybody did a great job there. We should all commend ourselves. A-plus effort. You're listening to the Answer Rico Plazo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, of course, and it's part of the Road Fanatic Podcast Network. Don't forget Plazo Podcast and ProtonMail.com. Send us an email, anything you want, anything you want to hear, any questions you have, you want to get the analysis, you want the feedback, then you got to hook up with us. You don't have to send us an email if you don't want to. You can tweet at us at Plazo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Give me two. Or you can tweet at us individually. It's always your call. All right. That was fun. I really enjoyed that. It's time for the most enjoyable part of the show, in my opinion. I always love it. The predictions, so many we have done, but there's still so many more to do. It's time for Shine or Ride the Pine. Frank, do you know how this game's played? I need a I need an overview of this game. How do we? So you give me a prediction. I say it's Shine if I'm with it, and Ride the Pine if I'm out. Is that correct? Go ahead, dear. Explain it to him. Exact Mundo. Yeah, he will give you a projection, and if you think it's going to go higher or better, you say shine. If you're out on it, it's a ride the pine. Just that easy, Frank. Go All right, let's demo. do it. And today, dearie, this is the first time that you get to use these. We have our own projections at RotoFanatic.com, so All right. we're going to use our very own RotoFanatic projections, courtesy of Crosby Spencer, who will be on the Ooh. show Thursday. Him and Paul Mamino, both from RotoFanatic, my RotoFanatic pals, will be live on the show Thursday. So don't miss that one. We're going to learn a lot about the data monster and these projections, how Crosby comes up with them. It's going to be a good time. All right. Deary will go first. He'll show you how it's Ooh. done, Frank, and then you can All follow right. his lead. It's really awesome. that simple. Let's start with your guy, Alex Verdugo, Deary. Well, Alex Verdugo hit 287 or better this year. Shine or ride the pine? That's a shine for me. I think he bets 300. Okay, that's easy. Frank, shine or ride the pine on 287. Shine. Love me some Verdugo. He's got elite contact skills. I think he could definitely approach 300. I'm going over. I'm, I'm, I'm picking shine. Shine, Verdugo. All right. I'm going to let it shine. Ramon Laureano of the Oakland Athletics. Will he score 95 or more runs this year, Frank? Shine or ride the pine? This one's a little tougher. I Again, this is a guy everyone loved in 2019. Then he had a down year last year. 95 runs. He's going to be hitting at the top of the lineup. 
It's gonna be right around that number, I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna say shine. I'm gonna say shine. Oh, Deary, what say you? <sighs> this one's really tough. He, he is gonna bat at the start of the lineup. And I love Chapman and Olsen this year, but it kind of gets a little murky after that. I mean, how high are you on a Sean Murphy, Mitch Moreland, Stephen Piscotty? I think if the A's are in the race, I think they go out and get a bat. But I like Laureano this year, but I think he's going to be just a tick under that. I think it's probably 85 to 90 runs for him this year. Mark Cannon has been hitting leadoff in spring training quite a bit, and that throws... A bit of confusion my way. So. Well, I, I I think if Cano leads off, Loreano's probably your number two. You don't have like a, a set kind of number two guy. I'm not banking on, you know, unless Elvis Andrews can really, you know, come back and show what he's been able to do for most of his career. And maybe he bumps well, that's up. That's what they have been doing. Maybe he bumps up in the order. Hmm. Well, Loreano hmm. has hit lead off, but he's also hit fifth. There's been a couple different rotations with Tony Kemp. I mean, he going to hit seconds? Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Deary. Yeah, I mean, Loriano's probably got the best speed on the team, so you're probably going to want him closer to that lineup, especially especially with the amount of doubles that Matt Chapman's going to hit, and Olsen's just going to put it out of the park. So I hope Loriano sticks near the top of that lineup here because his, uh, his projections are going to come out a lot different if he's like a fifth or sixth. Hmm, well, Mark Canna let off again, by the way. This is recorded on a Tuesday, and for those of you on the live stream, Canna let off today, had a hit, and Loriano had the day off, so... Who the hell knows? <laughs> that didn't tell us anything. Jed Lowry hit second today. Don't forget, Jed Lowry what? is on the A's, and he is back in from the, the league. There, huh? He's back from the dead after two years of injury awfulness with the Mets, never playing. He he could make the team, so don't forget about Jed. He, some of his best seasons were with Oakland. So. Hmm. All right. Anyways, uh, I'm going to ride the pine on it suddenly. I love Ramon Laureano, but I'm slightly concerned about him scoring 95-plus runs. I'll ride the pine. I also shine that Verdugo pick earlier, just in case I didn't mention it. We're doing Shine or Ride the Pine here with Frank Amarante and, of course, myself and Christopher Deary. And we're using the Rotofanatic projections, which you can use yourself by going to rotofanatic.com. And the projections tab is right at the top. And they're all there for you, ready to go. Here's a guy that we talked about earlier in the show, Nico Horner. Will Nico Horner... Hmm. I want to make this tougher. Yeah, let's... Will Nico Horner score 55 or more runs this year? Frank, shine or ride the pine? 55 or more runs, he'd need to be... That's a pretty low bar for him to to pass. So if he's... I'm going to piggyback off what you were saying. You're, you're confident in him that he's going to get more playing time. I think he will. I agree with that. So he'll get close to... He'll probably get 400-plus uh, plate appearances. 55 is really low. I'm going to go over. It's not much of a bar to, to to get over. And especially if maybe if he gets hot, he works his way up that lineup. I think I'm going with the shine. All right, Deary, what about you? 55 runs or more? No, I think he's got second base locked up. Hopefully David Bate doesn't, you know, uh, cut into some of his playing time. But I'm going to shine this, and I actually think it's – I think Horner has the best opportunity to have this happen if he bats near the end of the lineup. And I would love to see the Cubs go back to what Joe Madden used to do and have Horner bat ninth and the pitcher bat eighth. Because what Horner will have after him is Ian Happ, who I'm huge on this year, and Anthony Rizzo is going to have a bounce back. So if he's on base with those guys up to bat, he's going to have some chance to score some runs. So I'm going to shine this one. I'm going to shine it all day. It's not even close. 
Leone Tavares of the New York Rangers. Oh, that's hockey, right, Frank? <laughs> Leone Tavares of the Texas Rangers. Will he steal 22 or more bases? Deary, shine it right the pine. Oh, man. Stolen bases is so hard. Um, he's a guy who's done it in the past. Uh, what's the projection? 21? 22 or more. 22. I mean, just kind of looking at other projections I've seen on him, is just it's really all over the place. Um... I'm, I'm going to ride the pine. I mean, he, he's he's only got 134 plate appearances in the majors. It's going to take a while. He's going to see some of the best catchers in the league in that division. Uh, I'd have to look deeper into see where he's going to bat in that Rangers lineup and also what that construction is in terms of them running a lot. But that's a lot of stolen bases. I probably I think he probably hits closer to a 10 to 15. And, I, and I'm not even sure he's going to hold his job, especially if it completely falls apart at the start of the season. They don't think he's ready. Wow. Frank, what about you? 22 or more steals for Leody Tavares. I'm going shine on this one. This is a, a young hitter with a 96 percentile uh, sprint speed. The Rangers are rebuilding. You're gonna, I think you'll see them run wild on the base paths. I think the risk is like Leody Tavares isn't the greatest uh, – hitter so if he the way he'll go under this is if he struggles at the plate and he just loses his job but i think just i'm gonna bet on him holding the job for a rebuilding team and i think he'll get around 25 to 27 stolen bases i'm gonna shine here and i do have him in one of my draft champions so i do like him this year i target him as some later round speed so give me the shine well i want you to do well and i do wish you nothing but success frank I just have to ride the pine on this. I'm not a believer. You know, too little information here. There's a lot of guys in the mix in Texas, too. Like, a lot of outfielders, a lot of multi-positional-type players. So, no thanks. I just think it's too too cloudy there, too messy. I will ride the pine, as they say. Next up, how about this guy, Sam Hilliard of the Colorado Rockies. Colorado Rockies, uh, they did get rid of Arenado, but Charlie Blackman's still there, and they got Romel Tapia. They got a lot of players. Garrett Hampson's in the mix. We expect Sam Hilliard to give us a 288 or better OBP this season. Uh, Frank, you're up first. 288 or better. Wait, 288 <laughs> OBP or average? OBP. OBP. 288? Yeah. No, oh, that's pretty low. That's low. Uh, well, that's such a... That's such a low bar that I, I think I have to go with the over on it. Uh, I'm going to shine. But if we look at his his uh, track record, so he has, he's got major problems with strikeouts. Uh, last year, 36.8% K rate. So obviously that could, that would keep his OBP down. And we know how the Rockies really, I don't know what it is with them and young players with Garrett Hampson and, Brendan Rodgers, how they just keep signing these aging veterans to take their playing time. But I'm going to go when it when the number is this low, I have to go over because it's it's a low. He he'd have to be really bad in order to stay under this. He could go 290, which is bad as on base percentage and still shine here. So I'm going right. to shine. Exactly. Deary. This guy had a track record in the minors of being a really, really consistent hitter. And look at what he did in 19 for AAA. 35 home runs, 109 runs, 
101 RBI and 22 stolen bases. That's like elite. And he batted 262. High BABIP guy all through the minors. And 280, like you could cough and get 280. So even if he bats 215, 220, he's probably going to get over that. So I'll, I'll shine it. Don't forget, that's the Pacific Coast League. Those numbers are always inflated over there. I mean, it's still really good, but it's still PCL League. So I always, always pump the brakes. But I know our friend Vlad Sedler would be very, very upset to hear about this, especially since he's so close with Sam Hilliard's mom. So I'll shine this. Yeah, 288 OBP. I feel like Prosby's a little too low on the projection here, but we'll find out. We will find out. Gregory Polacco, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Seems like there's plenty of opportunity for him to play. And, you know, he's been stroking the ball pretty well in spring training. Deary, 10 or more steals. Shine or ride the thang. Has anyone been in on Gregory Polanco in the last, like, three, four years? I mean, remember when this guy came up? Like, there was some hype about him. People liked him. Sure. Yeah, big time. What are we going for? Ten stolen bases? Yeah. I mean, it's been probably, what, four or five years since he got the double digits? Uh-huh. Um, I'm not a Polanco guy. He just does not give you any value anywhere. Uh, I'm going to ride the pine on this one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Polanco. <laughs> Frank? Well, there's a... This is a post-type guy. He was a top prospect back in the day, but You're kind uh, of he, did, he did he did steal 27 bases in 2015. This is basically, if you're going to say that he's going to shine here, you're going to think he's going to finally stay healthy because he's playing for a rebuilding Pirates team. They, they'll probably run wild on the base paths, if I have to say so. 10 isn't very much. I was originally going to think ride the pine here, but I'm going to say shine because uh, I just think that it's hard for a player to consistently play under 100 games, even if you're injury prone. I think he's going to, I'm going to bet on him playing 100 games, and I think 10 stolen bases is within reach. I'm going to shine, probably get around 12 or so, let's say. Hey, for the first time since 2018, he'll be back to double digits when he stole 12 bases. All right, there it is. I'm going to shine it too. I think he's got enough playing time and he'll play. And he won't get hurt as much. So I think 10 steals or more is doable. Let's go for it, Greg. You can do it, Mr. Polanco. Kyle Lewis, Rookie of the Year. Reigning Rookie of the Year on the Seattle Mariners. A lot of people dismissing Kyle Lewis. We expect a 327 or higher OBP for Kyle Lewis. Deary, let's go back to you. 327? Yeah. Yeah, we'll shine that. That's actually kind of low. Um, the guy had an incredible year last year. Came out and won the American League Rookie of the Year. Uh, he's got to stay away from the. He's got to stay away from the K's though. It's been a problem ever since rookie ball with Seattle. But he was able to show some good power last year. He does. He did have a really good walk rate last year, which really, really helped him out and the last three years last two years in the majors with seattle and then back to double a ball in 19 yeah it was a huge babbit guy who was able to get the bat on the ball so i'm gonna shine it i like it it seems like we're talking about this mariners team a lot in the last couple weeks and i'm like i'm like buying into the mariners like really trending towards being a threat in the west maybe not this year but within the next couple years especially with those bats that are coming all right Frank, shine or ride the pine. I'm gonna shine this. I'm gonna speak more about uh, what you said. Yeah, he's got. He showed a good walk rate last year, 14% uh, walk rate. Kyle also, Lewis. Yeah, he Kyle did. Lewis. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then in double A uh, in 2019 and 2018, it was double digit walk rate as well, 10.8% and 11.2%. He has some issues with strikeouts, with as we saw, as you we talked about, uh, he had a 29.3 K rate last year, which is obviously not good. But this is a pretty low number. He had a 3.64 on base percentage last year. He won't get to that. He won't get that high, but I think he can put up 330. So I'm going to shine it. All right. They're going to shine it. I'm going to shine it too. Even if he doesn't hit for any average and he's just garbage, I think a 340 OBP, if things don't go that great for him, still doable. I can see it like that. All right. Let's uh, wrap it up here. How about uh, Hunter Renfro? <clears throat> Hunter Renfro, the Boston Red Sox. Signed a deal with them. He's no longer in Tampa. Could we expect Hunter Renfro to crank 28 or more home runs? Frank, we'll start with you. 28 or more home runs. He's got the power in that bat. It's just about playing time. He's in a great setup in that ballpark in Fenway. 28, though. It's because I think he'll be a... He won't... He's not going to play every day, I don't think. He'll, he'll be sparingly used. I'm going to say he hits around... 23 to 20. He'll come close to it, I think, but I think more around 25. I'm going to ride the pine here. All right. Riding the pine. Deary, what about you? 28 or more home runs? I just don't know if there's any other options to, like, replace him. So he's going to be in right field so JD can DH, and I, I just don't think they have any other options. So he's he's going to get the playing time, but, I mean, I'm... I'm all out on Hunter Renfro. He strikes out way too much. And, you know, this is a lineup that wants to be able to compete. And he's going to have guys on base. You know, J.D. Martinez is going to be on base. Rafael Devers, who I love this year, is going to be on base. Vasquez has shown that he's able to to hit very well. So Renfro is going to have a ton of opportunities if he bats sixth or seventh for them. But, I mean, his just his plate discipline is just absolutely garbage. So uh, I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'm going to ride the pine on this one. I, I I think he has a hard time sticking in that lineup, especially if Boston wants to compete. All right. Well, I'm going to shine this. I believe Hunter Renfro is built for this park to crush bombs and hit 30 home runs. So if he's going to hit 30, that's two more than 28. So I'm going to shine it. Let's go for it. Hunter Renfro. <laughs> All right. There it is. Shine or ride the pine. We did it. Frank Amarante, how do you feel? Awesome. This was a lot of fun talking baseball with you guys. I love the Inquisition. Uh, I had a great time. It was great debut uh, live stream for me. I love you. It. Did it, Frank? You did I too. Superstar, eight plus performance. I Absolutely, Frank. No regrets. You put yourself all out there on the line, people. You got to have respect for people who are willing to do that. Frankie, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you aboard. The experience, the knowledge, the wisdom, the entertainment, the insight. So many things we gain from this one single show. And it's all because of you, Frank. Thank you so much. Don't forget that you can follow Frank on Twitter anytime, anyplace. And tell people what they can expect from you over the next couple weeks. Some articles? Uh, what, What else? What do you got in the can? What do you got going on there? Well, you'll see more, a few more articles about uh, taking in deeper dives on uh, certain players and seeing if they're worth drafting in your leagues or, or debating between two players that, that are, have similar skill sets but at different ADPs and say, like, for example, I wrote one, Luis Robert and Austin Meadows, to say if um, you'd rather wait on Meadows or you, you'd pay up for uh, Robert. 
Yeah. Uh, you could all that you could see more on Roto Baller. You could see more of my work on betting related and some fantasy related at the game day. I'll be writing about props on different teams, like any value bets. I know I wrote about Whit Merrifield as a good value to lead the league in batting average. I think it's about uh, 11 to 1. So worth a look there. You could check that out. And uh, as always, I'm active on Twitter, giving my insights, getting into debates. Stirring the pot a little with the GIFs, the 50 cent GIF, you know, Uh, so you can engage with me there. I always love a good debate and it's been a pleasure being on your show. I had a great time. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it, Frank. We really thank you for your time and efforts. Good stuff. Uh, Deary, what's what's the latest with you over there? C. Deary 1999. Yeah, so I'm working on a few things. I am almost done with my full explanation of the Deary Decimal System with the rest of my projections. So we should have that out in the next week or so. It's taken me a while to do that. Um, I'm going to keep updating on what's going on with TGFBI and Raz Slam. And we just set our keeper deadline the other day. I just had to declare my keepers. Um, and I have a draft for my holding league in about 13 days. Uh, I'm trying to compile some people together and see if we can do a live stream of that draft and start oh. talking about keeper strategies as well, because a lot of people playing keeper leagues and playing dynasty leagues. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to compile some more stuff on that and talk about very similar to what Mike talks about with the keeper conundrum. So there's a lot of different guys that I'm looking at guys that are 27 years old have been doing this for a few years. What we guys, talk about Yes. We do the show together. It's not just oh, we, me. we do. I'm on the show too. <laughs> yes. You and so, I, we do keeper conundrums. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking about guys that have been in the league three, four years. And who is that next guy? The, 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 the guy who is going to become that guy. Uh, so a lot of stuff coming out here within the next few weeks before we get to opening day. Well, there it is. That sounds great. I'm going to be doing a draft champions express style. This is the beat Rob DiPietro from Deadpool hitter. The Pole Hitter podcast. So this is Friday night. So check out that. There's going to be a live stream, I believe. And uh, I signed up for that. So instead of the Draft Champions, which is a slow draft, this is Draft Champions in 55-second increment pick. Nice. 50 50 rounds, 55 seconds. That'll be fun. Set that cue. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So, what do you think of that, Frank? Pretty <laughs> Just keep crazy. Throwing right? guys in the queue. That sounds awesome, and I regret not joining that because I would love that. But good luck. Yeah, in that I heard draft. about it. I heard about it the other day, and I, I snuck in there. So that'll be Friday night. I'm looking forward to that. And we want to thank everybody who gives us the time and energy. Always a pleasure. Always great. Why am I keep saying always a pleasure? Stop saying that. It's been fruitful, and the engagement of all of you is spirited. And I th- think. It's a positive for all humankind. That's it. I'm MJ Govier on Twitter. Plausible Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Plausible Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Don't forget that. Utah. And uh, I think that's it for now. We're going to have our next show with Brian Seymour on Wednesday, and then we're going to have Paul Mamino and Crosby Spencer on Thursday, and possibly Mike Alexander from Roto or Razball talking about the Razz time on Friday if my colonoscopy doesn't make me totally fucked up after the fact. We'll see how that goes. So. All right. Godspeed, right. everybody. Take care. Insane fantasy takes. Why you should be a player? You must be insane. Insane fantasy takes. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. 
The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.